a playlist original. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Back to the Blockbuster with your hosts, Gaius and Jackson. It's the best day of the week. It's recording day. How's Hell it going? Hell yeah. <laughs> My favorite, man. It's It's been a good week. Got some good watches in. Excited to chat about a lot of the... Uh, a lot of new stuff. It was a busy week development-wise, news. So, uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, man, this is uh, one of my favorite times to get together and chat. So, looking forward to today's episode. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, it makes Mondays, like, a bit more bearable, you know? Because, like, usually, you know, you, you hear that expression, like, people say, oh, I have the case of the Mondays. And sometimes, like, That's right. you can feel that strongly. But, like, doing this on a Monday, it's like, all right, I have something, like, really, like, fun and, like, positive to look forward to. So, to look it's, forward like, to. It makes Monday a whole lot better. And, it um, goes... Yeah, it goes a long way because like yeah. beyond like before we started recording on a Monday, like I really I was I had that typical Monday. It was just work. And then maybe I would like go to the gym or something at night. I didn't right. like set aside anything like fun to do for myself. I'd probably like watch a movie or something, which I also was able to do today. But yeah, uh, yeah no, it's it's awesome to be able to do something that you love to do on the shittiest day of the week. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, cheers to that. Turning Mondays around. It's exactly. a. You know, this was actually too, before we get into like the main crux of the show, this was like a really good weekend for the podcast on Good Pods. Yeah. We already, we already, I already sent Jackson and Owen this info like offline, but you know, when I record with him later and I'm recording with you now, like we're going to talk about it a little bit. But first of all, Good Pods has been very good for us in the sense that the show joined Good Pods right when they, they were like, building their platform too. They were kind of like wanted it to be like a showcase for like independent podcasters. I don't have, you know, the money and backing to like get their shows like fully, you know, discovered and the, you know, like, cause we're not Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's, so like it's it, standard. It, yeah. Yeah. That's, but they've been, it's been a really cool tool to kind of like, not to say that like, Hey, if you're listening on Spotify, that's great. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, also great. I push good pods a lot because not only, it's a good for independent podcasters, but it's a very supportive, like family of, you know, people who are doing the same thing that right. are like grinding this kind of stuff out and like doing it because they love it. And, you know, the good thing about good pod is that like when you play someone's episode, it's featured on their front page. So like other people start discovering your show, like in a really like organic way, because they That's see like, neat. Oh, like this, they might like, you know, something that's similar. So that it's been good in that regard. When we first started, so we started November, God, November 2021. 20, 21. Yeah, 21. And I became like obsessed with the, like film review chart because I was like, I would watch the show like steadily go up. Like it would like, it would start like kind of low and I'm like, all right, well, there's a hundred shows on the list and you're, at, oh, like, nine, and you're like at 90. You're like, all right, well, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll look at it later. And then, you know, they send out emails too whenever your position like rises. So like there was like a time where it was like, we kept moving up and up and up and up and i remember when we cracked like the top 10 i was like well i'm cool with being at number 10 that's that's pretty awesome after wicked and like and also too for everyone listening bear in mind like this is like in your specific niche basically so there's film there's all like any like network there's tons of like podcasts there's true crime sports like all that kind of stuff but like what you want to look at is like what you're in like what category you're in and i think it was towards the end of the year during our first year we cracked the top five and then we hit number one at one point and we were, we did it a few times. And I was like, all right, this is cool. Right let, on. If, let me figure out like how to like utilize this in a way that I should. And, you know, I think people appreciate like full transparency. Like the show went through a lot of changes, like Owen left for a bit. And then we kind of went through yep. like tr- trying to find like the right fits as far as like 
co-hosts and stuff and thankfully we found you so the show was like kind of always like in flux a little bit where right. it's like i was so happy doing it but you could tell that there was like all right we got to figure out like some kind of direction That's so right. i would like so then i would like kind of watch this kind of go down the chart and i was like but i think it was like if i'm not giving as much passion into it then like people listening to it might kind of feel that too so i just like all right you know what? i'm gonna try to make as many positive changes i can for it one of them was like our year anniversary, bringing Owen back and then starting the spinoff, like I work out a schedule yep. that worked, that worked for him. And, you know, instead of doing every week, it was every other week. And then it came down to like finding like, do I want a permanent co-host or do I want to switch people in and out? And I kind of knew pretty quickly, like once you guessed it, and I was like, all right, no, we can, I can have like a permanent co-host. So like, then that started working out. So I mentioned it great before, call. like, <laughs> yeah, great call. <laughs> going to toot my own heart, <laughs> but, uh-huh. but you know, the, a lot of people have been saying like, you know, the show seems so much more focused with like, with you on it. And you can tell that you got Owen, you were enjoying doing the spinoff. And so oh, I put my attention back in the good pods. Like, all right, how can I utilize this in the best way possible? And then I actually had like email exchange with, with Jen who works for them. And she was like, Hey, you know, here, here are some ideas you're already doing fine, you know, on your own, but like, this is what you can kind of do to kind of probably, you know, keep right. yourself in that spot and keep in mind, like there's so many shows that come out that you are going to kind of, kind of fluctuate and like go with different places on that list. And there have been a lot, I mean, I, there's in that top 10, there are some people that have been on like our show in the past and it's cool to kind of see those people in those spots because, you know, a lot of us started our shows around the same time. And uh, it's, it's like, it's a really nice friendly competition where it's like, oh, like if Antonio's the cult worthy podcast is number one, like that's fucking awesome. Cause he is, you know, out of a lot of us that do it, he is a champ and like, knows this stuff i feel like like the back of his hand so like it's cool to even be in that same company oh yeah it's but nice I, to see everyone doing well for themselves right, right? like right. it's all good natured friendly it's good to see everyone happen right exactly and so you know but like playfully like when owen came back and we were doing the spinoff he's like dude like, i want to get back to number one it'd be cool if we can get back to number one <laughs> so like you know we would like chilling in the top five and i was like all right well i mean maybe maybe that's the wall maybe that's the new ceiling cool with like top five and I think like we, like, when we did those, like we had three episodes drop <laughs> that what last week. Right. And, and I think we all said it on the John Wick one. They're like, all right, it has to happen. Like this week, there's just a lot of content <laughs> out there right now. Like, that's right. <laughs> so I checked it Then we were up at number two and I sent that I'm like, All right. Number two is also great. Absolutely. But then like, Proud in, you know, during the day on Friday, I'm like at my other job and like just scrolling through, I even checked my email. I was just scrolling through good pods and then like we were at number one again and that was fucking awesome man that is awesome it was good man you should be proud too it's cool too because i feel like it was coming off like really strong episodes for us like you know the yeah i I, so like when you look at it deeper too you can actually look in like so we were number one in under the film review chart for film and tv we hit number four so they have more like shows in the film and tv section right then the top 100 shows, like any category, we were at number 24, which is amazing for like, you know, that was just all their shows, like any category. Like, right. Yeah. It, so that was great. But then I started looking at like, all right, wow. They actually break down the top 100 episodes for the week and all of the episodes that we did charted, the screen one did especially well on good pods. I think it's just people love that franchise and like, <laughs> right. it was, it's fun. We had guests on like that, you know, that helps too, because yep. they, they, they spread the word about the episode as well when they're on it. I think that had a lot to do with, yeah, but that episode doing really well. The John Wick one did really well too. I mean, it was, it was trending. So like, you know, the movie, the fourth one came out that weekend. Naturally. Uh, yeah. And 
another win for Owen because the Dogma spinoff episode was actually doing very well too. It was still, when I looked Sunday, it was still in the top 100 episodes. So I don't know if that's because Ben Affleck is also trending because he's an heir right now. And like, you know, and he's also in Dogma. Uh, Look, I mean, Owen's just been really good at picking trendy movies for that's right. He has an uncanny ability, man. It's it's crazy. And like many of the picks I and I consider myself a pretty like well-educated movie guy. And like many yeah. of those picks I was completely unaware of, even dogma included. So like uh, A, on top of like picking these trending movies that are maybe lesser known, it's just super sweet to like be putting people onto these lesser known movies. Like that is like a great yeah. side effect of the deep Like that is like super. I guess it is probably like definitely one of the goals of doing it, but uh, I think that is just a really awesome quality about the deep dive. Yeah, it's cool too because JC, you know, Merc with the movies, he says like he revisits the movies first that we pick and then he'll listen to the episode afterwards. Nice. So I think that's kind of cool that that's like, a loyal listener right there. You know, I know, like, yeah, like he's like, I want to yeah. see, like, I want it like fresh in my mind and then like, you know, listen and then listen to like, how you guys break it down. So I think that's a cool thing too. I, you know, it's kind of been like by design that we've haven't picked huge movies and that's not like i mean we, yeah we could we could i mean i don't you know it could be one day that we might throw in like tenant or something like all right let's see what we do with exactly that. but it has been like really nice to kind of shed a light on like smaller movies or maybe just movies you just forgot about you know not because necessarily that they weren't good or they didn't well, I like, like that quality of the deep dive. Like that seems like just naturally like what it would be about, right? Like, cause like yeah. obviously these bigger known blockbusters, pardon the pun, most people, you know, are familiar with them, have probably seen them or acquainted with them. But the deep dive is a great opportunity to put people on these lesser known, but quality movies that like you want people to, to go see and give some love to. Exactly. So it's been like, it's been nice doing that. And, but I think congratulations just for like, all of us because like every uh, really? you know there's you know that show with him even though like it's separate i mean it's still one team just you know trying to make that point very clear as well that everyone wants the show to be successful like he listens to episodes that he listens to the show even though he's not on the main show every week so like it's you know it's right it's good for it's a positive fun thing for all of us and then like it's really rewarding to kind of see that kind of paying off and i'm glad that like it involved like all three of us so i think that it's, was it, yeah. it wasn't just like you know, the spinoff episode did great, but the other two were like, eh. it was nice that, right. you know, everyone contributed to uh, that happening. So big thank you officially, yes. you know, in, in person, virtually thanking you for just being a part <laughs> oh of that. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> man, the, the thanks belongs to you, man. This like super honored and happy to be a part of it. And like, this goes out to Owen too, like, but you put in a lot of work for it to make it successful. So, you know, give yourself a pat on the back too, man. You, you deserve a lot of the praise for it. And like, good on all of us, man. It's, it's awesome to see being rewarded for the stuff we do it's great and thank you for everyone listening and supporting us like we couldn't do without you guys so we're happy to have you guys along for the ride yep i mean yeah that's awesome that's a very it's a very good thing to say i mean like of course like this doesn't mm-hmm. really work if this doesn't really work if there's no listeners <laughs> I, I love and i love that like playlist is also very very supportive and they were like we love yeah i got an email from the day about like they have been really they were like sending me some technical stuff that they wanted to see like working on and whatever but they were like we really okay. love the show and they were like we really love the show we really love what jackson brings to it we love that you were able to keep owen on in some capacity like they're very supportive of it and they have been from the beginning because when this started i was pitched as they were like hey we'll do all this the editing and stuff you don't have to do be involved in that but we'll give you like a season and if that season is successful then we'll like keep you going and then that you know the caveat there was like but if it's not then like you know you figure this out on your own <laughs> 
but you still right. own you own back to the blockbuster this is all you like but if we parted ways i mean you would have to just end up doing this yourself and i remember right. i was like all right we don't really have seasons so i was like i wonder when they're gonna let me know like uh how it's doing i was and curious I remember, about that too when you mentioned that I, yeah yeah i remember so it was november when we started i think it was like january like as soon as the new year hit that they sent us like numbers and like number downloads and all this stuff and they're like oh we're we're definitely keeping you around like however oh, long you want yeah. however however long you want to work with us we are going to be working with you and that felt good to not have that whole like all right i hope this is going all right that weight <laughs> off, off the chest yeah, yeah exactly a little bit because you know it, it would have been one of those things like all right well, that was fun to do for 12 episodes and now we're done <laughs> and now god we're recording episode 85 today and and wow, 86 later so like so that's crazy yep. that you know, I, it's funny too, because Owen, when we were talking about doing the episodes with you all, all of us together, and he was like, well, you know, episode 100, that's going to be a while if we wait uh, for that. And I was like, it seemed like it, but the way we've been like plugging along, <laughs> it's getting closer and closer and closer. Pumping out those numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's coming up. But that's like a nature of like being excited to do it. So I'm happy to like crank out episodes and like, it's been fun. It's, it, you know what? I guess the best way to explain it is like the last two months or however long you've been on and like spinoff has been going on it doesn't feel like a chore it doesn't feel like work it's just fun and i think that's the best way to look Took at the it. words right out of my mouth and that's like the best thing you want to be able to say about something that fundamentally is work especially on like, your side of things like it yeah. is like things we put our time into this is something that we have other people contributing their time and effort to like editing wise and promotion wise yeah. so it very much is like fundamentally work but it does not you, you hit the nail on the head does not feel like work at all something that i look forward to every week would even like I revel in the times of pumping out more episodes a week. I would love to, if I wasn't at a nine to five all day, I would be doing this much more often. But on yeah, the other hand, it is nice the way that the amount that we do do it, it's nice that we're not like, you know, swamped in right. movie stuff because, you know, things take things in moderation, right? Too much of a good thing can be a bad thing sometimes, but I think we yeah. have a sweet spot going. Yeah, I think so too. It's been, it's been, it's been fun. I mean, that's the best way to put it. It's just been fun. We've had really yeah. fun discussions, fun, like, uh, things we've gotten to like kind of jump into. And honestly, I mean, it's worked too. Like, I mean, like I said, I didn't even know you in December <laughs> really before I was yeah. like, Hey, do you want to like do this every week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, hell yeah, dude. Like you have no idea. I've been waiting for this opportunity. You like me like, nah, that was fun. But I don't know if I could do it every week. And I thought, I mean, that was cool that it all. Yeah, it all worked out. So like, yeah. So thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. This only only will make us work harder probably to, to exactly. maintain that. So gives us the fuel and the fire that we need to keep this stuff going. So thank you guys so much. And I guess now we can uh, jump into yeah. what, have you been, what have you watched? Uh, what have you caught up on? I, well, I actually want to uh, preface this. I did not see Dungeons and Dragons. I, not that I didn't want to, uh, right. I just didn't have time. Our friend's birthday was on Saturday. My brother did go on Thursday. He said, oh, it was okay. he said it was surprisingly good. That is what I'm hearing from a lot of people. There's a big like question mark about like the box office for it. Like some people are like, that's pretty good opening weekend for a movie that I don't think anyone expected to be like huge. Right. Um, but it's also a very pricey movie, but I can all, it's like $150 million to make. I didn't know but that. I, but I think what's going to like save it's, but and probably will allow it to start a franchise. I, I can see the movie doing very well, like globally. And I think that's going to, I think that's going to be more yeah. of a factor rather than how well it does domestically too. I think they're going to look at all angles of it. And then Paramount will probably be like, all right, are these numbers strong enough to warrant a franchise? And I think with all the goodwill and good reviews it's gotten and, you know, I, 
listen, I mean, I told you this before. I love all the March releases that we got. <laughs> I thought Dungeons and Dragons was going to crash and burn <laughs> until, right. uh, until I saw those reviews. And I was like, what? All right. Bit of an unpredictable I, uh, month. I mean, I'm cool with being wrong. It's fine. I mean, yeah. I, oh, absolutely. We, all, we all want movies to be like successful, you know, but sometimes you're just like, I don't know if that one's going to hit. And, you know, but good on them. I mean, like, we can talk about it when we talk about box office. I, you know, I think, I think it's good enough for Paramount right now. It also depends on how it handles, like, it's next weekend, if it, it takes right. a dive or, like, you know, that kind of stuff. I think even if it does, like, say, lose some money for Paramount, and, like, this is me, like, I have no idea how in box office, we haven't chatted that yet, but yeah. I feel like Paramount's a little cash rich right now, considering, like, their last, like, three or four months, they've done great at the box office. So I think they can spare it and... Could definitely, if it gets positive word of mouth, positive reviews, even if not everyone's rushing out to see it in the theaters, if they see it's doing well critically, I can definitely see them greenlighting sequels, maybe making a franchise out of it because this will no doubt create hype for future yeah. movies going forward once people realize they're sleeping on it. Because a lot of people that I put my trust into YouTube-wise, like some critics it. have been saying it's, yeah, they yeah. liked it. It was a little expectation subverter. And uh, just like didn't take itself too seriously. It's got a lot of good things going for it. So yeah, I also haven't checked it out yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully checking it out while it's in theaters. Yeah, we had an interesting discussion too, because it got brought up. Is <laughs> when you lower your expectations, you're like, oh, I don't know, I wasn't expecting much. Does that still right. make the movie like good, or just because like you lowered your expectations like so low that you're like, all right, that was right. better than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> like, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that is the, yeah. Like I did that with Uncharted. I think I mean I okay. ended up liking it and I thought it was fun, but I lowered my expectations to the floor and I might have helped <laughs> a little bit. Definitely. Uh, you know what? It can help with your first viewing. I think the real test for the quality of the movie would be how it holds up on rewatch, and that could be applied to probably any movie, if you ask me. Nice. I agree with that. All right. So, what did you actually yeah. watch since we recorded last? Movie wise, uh, it was a light week for me. Other than the movie that I just got done watching that I will save for, well, I'll, I guess I watched Wild Things at uh, the, at the because we're making an episode about it, anniversary-wise. Yeah. I'll save all that chat, though, for later. The only other movie I got in was Speed, which I'd seen before. But man, Oh, I that saw that you great... posted that on the story. I yes. was like, yeah, that movie, that movie, I think it might be, you know what? I know there's like different subgenres of action, but I just think... Yep. For my money, it might be my favorite, like just straight like action movie. Like I mean, like it shouldn't work. And I think a lot of people, like when it came <laughs> out, were like, "This does not. It shouldn't work." But it like does, and like it's from start to finish. It's so. I mean, there's a little some issues with like, and I guess the director and writers felt this way too. Once it gets off the bus, and then you have the whole stuff with like you know Sandra Bullock getting like nabbed up by Dennis Hopper and all that. Yeah, that was like train, I guess yeah. I, I guess that was like a studio thing. They were like they need more action to happen oh. like once the bus and like the people involved in the movie feel like it's a little tacked on. And I guess you could say that it does kind of it does a little bit, but I think it works enough where it's like you know it, it had to go somewhere with him, I guess. And like you know, and the action sure. eventually has to get off the bus. That's but man, right. all that all that stuff on the bus though is gold. Like every bit of that movie is gold. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it holds up extremely well. Like Keanu just had that golden touch, man, especially in the nineties and early two thousands. Like he could not yeah. miss, like his movies were great. Like I'm just like, like post John Wick, I've just been on this like crazy Keanu train here. 
And <laughs> as much as I love and I've seen Point Break so many times, like I feel like that's another one that I'm going to be slating to watch here soon. But it's been a long time since I've seen Speed. My buddy Cam brought it over. Like he usually brings over a few flicks, yeah. stuff that he knows we haven't seen or want to see together. And then that was an easy pick. Like I was like, just coming off the John Wicks, we watched them all together. It, nice. it held up incredibly well. It was awesome action movie. Just everything I would love about a 90s movie that movie had in it. Dennis Hopper too, like one of my favorites, like, Sandra Bullock was great. Like, I mean, she's always been a great looking woman, but like, I haven't seen a lot of like 90s Sandra Bullock. Man, she was gorgeous. So, and, yeah, like, she was a great presence. That was like a huge. Yeah. So she had, she had done, I think, Demolition Man a year before. And I was Sylvester Sloan and Wesley Snipes. And like, I mean, I, I she's a no, great no, actress, I think. But, but I think back yeah. in the day when she started, and I think this is a really good quality to have as an actor or actress, whatever, like, she's just naturally very likable, I think. You can actually 100%. see that. You can see that in her movies. You can see that in her interviews when she's promoting her movies. Like it's something very. Yep. And she wrote that for a long time. Like her movies were like kind of hits because you know there's always a big debate about who's who was really like America's sweethearts, Julia Roberts or Sandra Bullock. They were both kind of doing like <laughs> the same type of movies okay. back in the day. Back in the day, they, okay. and it's funny. And it's funny. Interestingly enough, Julia Roberts was offered the proposal turned it down. Sandra Bullock did it. it was a big Whoa. hit for her. She also yep. turned down The Blind Side. Uh, Julia Roberts, Sandra Bullock took it, got an Oscar for it. Um, got an Oscar was, for it, yeah. And I think it's also, I, I don't think they have any bad blood, but I think it's interesting that they've never worked together. Like, it's like, it seemed like their paths would like yeah. have crossed that. And they're, cause, you know, they both like working with the same people, both very close with George Clooney, oddly enough. Like, I mean, it feels like their world should have yeah, like it, somehow collided and like never have, but like, yeah. And Speed, though, I mean, she's just so naturally good in that and she's funny. Like, I think she steals a lot of her scenes that she's in. Like, I love, yep. love, love when she hits the stroller and she thinks there's the baby in it. <laughs> and she, like, starts freaking out. And then Kato's yeah. like, oh, they're cats, they're cats. Like, what? <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. And, like, yes, yeah, she's very animated in her role. That movie made her, like, a huge star after that. Like, she was in, like, so many, her roles after that were just, like, I think she did While You Were Sleeping right after that. She did The Net, like, all back-to-back, okay. -back, A Time to Kill, like, all back-to-back-to-back. -to -back -to -back, and they were all, like, hits back-to-back. -back. Right on. And, and then she came back for that sequel. And <laughs> she came back for Speed 2, Cruise Control. <laughs> and, and we, and we, and we. anybody we, else come back? No, Keanu Reeves turned it down. They offered, and you know what? And I respect her for saying this. It was a paycheck movie for her. They offered her the most money that she had ever been offered up until that point to come back. Yeah, and money she, talks. She fully admits that it's not a good movie. It doesn't work. She took it for the money. So, like, whatever. And I think they learned pretty quickly that you can't call a movie B when it takes place on a cruise ship. <laughs> like, it's not like, you know, like a, not conducive of a, a movie with that no. title. But, yeah. She's have, I mean, yeah. <laughs> She's going to be a I mean, character with some of the worst luck ever being in those two movies. Like <laughs> I know. That's the only good Again? thing about Speed 2 is that they kind of play up that kind of, like, Okay. gone through this before kind of like she's actually not bad at it i mean of course she's like likable and everything she's in of course it, it's just awful like jason patrick plays the the guy that uh, her new guy okay. it's good they don't have as as good chemistry as like her and keanu reeves did willem devoe plays the villain he does chew up some scenery he does chew what? up some scenery and i guess that's kind Damn. of fun <laughs> why is he in every single movie ever dude? i love that guy so much i had no idea he, i did not expect you to say his name but i think if you want to laugh if you ever if you haven't seen it Okay. Just, Could be just a good comedy to, watch. Yeah, yeah. Compared to like how good Speed is, it's like it was clearly like one idea movie that should have stayed a one idea movie on that. Right. But rarely do big action successful blockbusters stay as solo films, right? We know that yep. there's 
tons of examples of, you know, cash grab studio sequels and not surprised yep. to hear Speed was victim of that. Although like the name kind of rings a bell, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you that there was a sequel to that, but I'm not surprised to hear it. On the note of their chemistry, though, I did recently see, I don't remember what was going on when this was a news topic, but I'm sure you saw this too. There was a big thing going on about how they recently admitted they both had huge crushes huge on each crushes other. On each other. While, while, while they were making the movie, yeah. yeah and they didn't tell each other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so they went years of not ever like confessing these feelings for each other. As far as I know, are they are they still both single? Uh, no, he has a girlfriend. He doesn't really talk about her a lot, but she was... No. She did go to the John Wick 4 premiere with him. Like, right. I, and I, this I think she, I don't know if she's married, but I know that she is, is with someone that she has Sandra? Like, either a long-term boyfriend. They might be engaged now. Okay. But yeah, it's like, it's so interesting. Like two ships. <laughs> they could have, like could have easily. Gotten <laughs> what could have been. What yeah. could have been. Also fun fact about speed in that role of Annie. Ellen DeGeneres was for that part back in the day. Oh. No. And so was Halle Berry. And I, I can see Halle Berry doing it. I can see Halle Berry. But uh, yeah, I'm glad it ended up with Sandra Bullock because we, we wouldn't probably wouldn't have like the Sandra Bullock we know today if had that she not gotten that role. That's a great point. That yeah. was I didn't realize how much of a career catalyst it was for her, but happy that it worked out because she's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's it movie wise. But I did start something that I've been putting off way longer than I should have. Very glad I got back into it because I did see season one of the show when it was first coming out and. I don't know why I just never went back to it. It wasn't for lack of quality or not enjoying it, but I got the first three episodes in of Better Call Saul. I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan like anybody is, but I've been really enjoying that watch so far. So I ordered the first season and I've been going through that like wildfire, very much enjoying it. So those are my watches. Have you seen Better Call Saul? I feel like I'm going to like disappoint you like drastically oh. right now so here's the deal i've never watched breaking bad so i've never oh. watched better call saul God. my little brother just binged breaking bad and better call saul he was like you haven't watched this that's why sometimes my friends jokingly were like dude you can't be talking about shit like buffy the vampire slayer like it's great it's good but like you need to watch breaking bad okay. uh, i've never i've also never watched game of thrones I, I know, like, that's another big... I know, I'm killing you right I now. can't say <laughs> shit like that. Like, trust me, there's plenty of awesome things I haven't seen either. It's, like, those are, man, like, you gotta make yeah. sure you see those shows yeah. sometime, dude. Yeah, I've had people being like, you can, you're not a real journalist if you've never watched those shows. I'm like, probably. I the know, amount I'm, of stuff I'm a sure you <laughs> would rival many, most people. I know that you watch a lot of stuff. It's hard to get everything in, yeah. but uh, I'm sure you must get razzed about that. I wouldn't be saying that all the time, uh, right? People I, I, can't. Oh, I get I get a lot of shit because there's such like, I mean, really changed like kind of landscape of TV in a little. I mean, in a lot of ways, like there's always like these kind of shows that come out that kind of like this is like the new standard. So like back in the day, it was yeah. uh, Sopranos like on HBO. I was about to say that. That was like it, it, that was like a new standard of like you know what you can do with like uh with television and like yep. really complex writing and really great acting and like these are not like just TV shows anymore. You are making like little mini movies like every every episode yeah and like and then like you know i even though i've never watched them i know breaking bad was a huge game changer too i i would i mean i watched it's like uh, ascension pretty closely because i remember yeah. like, ratings wise it would just go up and up and up every season and i was like all right well i am clearly not a part of this party and i probably should be oh, maybe one day but then you just start Treat watching other yourself. stuff yeah 100 percent. once you start you will not slow down and i will say as good as everybody says Breaking Bad is, as flawless as the reviews are, you'll never hear anybody talk bad about it. It is as good as everyone says it is, man. It is better. It is just a masterpiece 
on all metrics. I don't, I really am not afraid of hyping it up too much because I know it lives up to it. And probably yeah. the only property that I can say that about, especially a show that runs as long as it does. Like I'd say that about Chernobyl, but it's five episodes, but Breaking Bad is give or take like 60 ish episodes and every single right. one is bulletproof. It's, it's incredible. So yeah. yeah. Can't I've, believe heard that from, I've heard that from that. everyone man. Yeah. every person. I've never, heard right. anybody, I've never heard anyone say one bad thing about either, show, I, about either show. Actually, I, I've heard like really good things about Better Call Saul as well. Like, yeah, that is a good, good kind of companion piece to Breaking Bad. And yeah, you know what? I will, I will eventually get to it i know it's I like, can't it's, wait it's such a big one too like it is like you know you could you could have an excuse for not watching certain things like yes I mean, especially you know when i when i choose to watch certain shows people are like breaking bad's like right there why aren't you watching it I'm like i know i, know, I bet I you'll know. watch it in a month though not in a month's time but i bet you it'll only take you about that long to watch it because you won't put it down it's oh, like my, my brother like, like, he's through it he, yeah he's through it and that ember called Sauls. So i was like all right you know yeah, i'll I, jump on the bandwagon Better Call Saul has all the right ingredients too. It seems like it's going to be just as good a companion show, and I'm very yeah. excited. Wait till you see Bob Odenkirk, man, in that show. Him, Giancarlo Esposito, yeah. and Jonathan Banks, who plays Mike Ermintrout, beyond Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston, like just probably the best supporting cast of any show uh, that I can think of. Yeah, at the top well, of my head. Owen actually got to meet Brian Cranston. I think that picture ended up on our Backs of Blockbuster page. Like, what? It was like, so he was doing him that and Aaron awesome. Paul. Him and Aaron Paul have like tequila or something together, I think. Yes, yes. And they actually came to our one of our local bars, American Junkie, and they actually announced that they were going to be there. Aaron, Aaron Paul ended up not showing up, but Brian Cranston did, and Owen got oh. a picture with him, so he got to got to meet him so i think that was pretty cool i've actually heard nothing but nice things about brian cranston as well like i don't think yeah. anyone has any same here no he's here and here and paul as well like too like and then you know and i've actually seen clips from breaking bad like you know just to kind of mm -hmm. showcase yeah. some of their i know yeah. so that showcase some of their acting and like you know uh they're they both seem very very good on that show and particularly aaron, aaron paul I mean, from what i've seen you know he seems very committed <laughs> to that role to that role yes he um, is but yeah, man, I hate to like put a dagger in your heart like that. I, I was like, I have to say, <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I was surprised though. My head skipped a B. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, no, avoid spoilers at all costs. When you get around to it, I'm not going to like pressure you to get into it or anything. But like when you, I know when you start, you won't stop. And I cannot wait to be with you for that ride. Cause man, yeah, it is fun. like, yeah, it's like, like Shakespearean proportions. Like it's, it feels like something that he would have wrote like the man, but yeah. Right. So yeah, better call Saul three episodes in. Nice. Uh, well, I didn't really get to watch a lot. I I watched Succession last night. I got home late and Ooh. watched it. Is it season so four premiere or season, is it start... so? It's the second episode of nice. season so far. So I I'm gonna miss it when it's gone. It's I mean I get it. I get it. You know to have create something and know that like the shelf life. This is good. Like I got four seasons to tell this yep. story. I can. I mean I they've talked to some of the actors who said that they think it could have gone on maybe another season or two. I also found out that they all found out at table read for like the, uh, that they were, that I was saw them and oh. every, I guess everyone had different emotions about it. I, I think Sarah Snook was the most emotional they said. And then, oh, and, okay. other, and then other people were kind of like, you know, Brian Cox was like, yeah, I can, I'm good with it, but like, but yeah. I could see it also going on. It also a very interesting cast dynamics. I know, uh, you know, it's funny cause like Jeremy Strong has gotten a lot of shit from I guess Brian. playful shit. I guess or, playful right, shit. Yeah. The way that Jeremy Strong describes it, all right, is that is kind of like their dynamic on the show. It's like a father son thing. You don't always like get along with your 
your folks sometimes and sometimes you have disagreements this disagreement happens to be over like jeremy strong being a method actor and <laughs> brian cox brian cox has like zero time to deal with that apparently i, I love like there's certain people when they I've get a certain quotes. age <laughs> when yeah. they get a certain age and then you can tell that they give like zero fucks i feel like brian cox is like in that or he's just like you know he also gives him like a compliment he's like you're really like too good for that like you're actually naturally good like you don't need to like right get all like you know off in the corner by yourself and like get in the character and each member of the cast has like commented on it in their own way like Kieran Culkin okay. was like you know like it's his you know it's his process it's not a process that I particularly get you know agree with mm-hmm. I think it does create some like distance I think between him and some of his co-stars um yep. I don't know how I mean whatever I mean I'm not saying what he's doing because he's a good actor he's great on the show and I love the dynamic between everyone on the show which is why I think it's one of like the best written shows on television right now and the acting is phenomenal that's what i'm going to miss mm-hmm. the most about it yeah but I, but I also like i used to love this show like base motel which is like a, it was a i remember yeah, base motel and i remember the creator of that show was like if it's successful and we get lucky enough to have this many seasons it's five and you knew that from the beginning that he was going to do five seasons and that's nice. how they were going to and then you're watching it and you're builds up to where you kind of get to the point where like where Norman is like in psycho basically. Right. And so it's a natural progression. And like, and like, even though I was bummed the show ended, I was like, it's more concise storytelling when you know, like there's a beginning, middle and the end. Like, you know exactly where that's going. Okay. And I think it makes the shows better. And I think that's what has happened with Secession. They also, it's just great writing and a great group of actors. Uh, you know, you know, like I said though, it is funny to watch though. Like just knowing about the whole like <laughs> method acting process and like them not really, liking it we've talked about it on the show i mean if you go back to like older episodes man like we brought this up when we were all together for the john wick one but we used to we used to railroad jared leto i mean it was like so for suicide squad or for like just so like like, so i'm i like jared leto pre like him winning an oscar like recommend for a dream is like one of my like favorite movies i think he's great in it i think he's great in it fair enough he was also on this like teen show back in the day called My Soul Called Life. Only one season, but it was like pretty popular for it became popular later, like a kind of a cult kind of thing. It was yep. Claire Danes' first big role. He was good then. I liked him more as a younger actor. But then when you learn about he's got a nice little small yeah. role, he's great in that. But then but, you learn yeah, about his process. Learn about his okay. process. Like, did you hear about the like the, the stuff he did with Suicide Squad? Like Yeah, like sounding like used condoms to his co star. Yeah. It was other things too, but gifting a dead rat to Margot Robbie. And my favorite, my favorite part about that story is Viola Davis, like in her interview, like confirming, oh yeah, he definitely did that. I don't know why, but he definitely did it because he, because she was like, because we talked about it, he definitely did it. Yeah. That would be weird to me. I mean, I wouldn't like, no I would, I, like if I opened up a box and there was a dead fucking rat in it, and I have to work with you for the next like two months, <laughs> I would feel some kind of way about that. I mean, I get why some people don't like the method acting thing, especially. If you're playing an asshole and that's how you're gonna act the entire yeah. time you're on set, yeah, and I can see that being an issue. You know, like Anne Hathaway said that she never got to really meet Meryl Streep until they were done doing the Devil Wears product because Meryl Streep doesn't always do this, but I think for that role she wanted to create this kind of like cold little distance between her and Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Works for the movie, and it does. Like the dynamic works in the film, but like Anne Hathaway was like, I never really truly met the real her until we were done filming. Uh, uh, what's she was uh Nisi Nash was talking about when she did Dahmer with Evan Peters said that she never met Evan Peters until they That's, were done shooting that, it. Exactly. I was trying to remember 
when you said that about Anne and Meryl Streep, I was like, where did yeah. I hear somebody say that recently? And so, it was, that was the example I was trying to think of. Yeah. So it's like, if you're playing an asshole or someone weird or a serial killer, uh, yeah. that, that would be weird for me. I don't know if I could like, it, also it's a basic question. Like, does it make you like really good actor? If you have to go to those places to like convey like the proper emotion that you want to convey on screen, like right. if you can't just naturally do that because like you don't have the ability to, Right. Does that make you not as good that you have to like really go to these real, real places when you're playing like certain roles? That's a great, that's a great conversation starter. And I've been meaning to have this conversation with you. Like I've mentioned off camera when we were talking, John Wick 4, I got this little snippet about you and Owen mentioning method acting, acting, and I bookmarked it for this conversation. And uh, because like method acting, like I still remember when I was like a novel film lover like kind of discovering what method acting was and like over the years i've really cultivated an understanding of who like these very acclaimed method actors are what goes into the process it's not really always the same for everybody but uh yeah. i've really come to appreciate method acting i i obviously um it's not without its faults it's it can definitely lead to a hostile environment depending on yeah. the nature <laughs> of the role but i look at roles that are performances that method acting has inspired like obviously Heath Ledger's Joker is one that people uh, uh he, he's very um, yeah. notorious exactly yeah. as being like the method acting performance also arguably one of if not the greatest actor of all time if not living today Daniel Day-Lewis is the method actor right the like king of the method that's people's, people normally bring that's up. what I'm saying <laughs> yeah so like would you could you argue that like he's not a good actor because he has to go method or like that's what a good question, man. He's a very he's a he's a great he's, actor, right? So like it's he rivals I, I, Marlon Brando to me, he, man. Like he's the man. Obviously, is a method actor. Everyone who has worked with him says this is the case. I you know what I I can't take that away from him. I mean he's he's super good. I just can't imagine like doing gangs in New York and he's like <laughs> Bill the Butcher like the entire time like you're working with him. <laughs> like like, Dude, like I actually rewatched. <laughs> yeah, I saw Gangs of New York again recently, like a couple months ago, and like. At that time, was just diving into the trivia of that movie and like the stuff, the lengths he would go to in that movie, man, were insane. Like he refused to go get treated for hypothermia, like because he would dress yeah. in like period appropriate attire and was like suffering yeah. from cold. And he's like, "We didn't have this this healthcare measures back in like the time that we were filming, so I'm not going to yeah. go to the hospital for this." And like nearly killed himself basically. But so yeah, I can I can see your point about like if you're not able to do it naturally, does it jeopardize like the the you know your the merit of your ability to act? But I look at it as like you are able to have such control over your mind and your actions to completely transform yourself into a different person. I find that remarkable and incredibly difficult. I couldn't even go up and like in front of a stage, if I were in acting class or something, I know if you were to pluck me into one, something like that and to read a script and like convincingly convey myself as yeah. a different person, I would struggle to even do that, let alone to melt into a different person invented right. for a movie. I find it just remarkably impressive. So that's why I've come to appreciate it. No, and I, I actually get your point. And I think actually there's certain times where it can really work, right? Because I remember when Bill Starr was talking about doing it and he purposely stayed away from the kids because, you know, yeah. you need to really frighten them. And I, I love that, like, one of the first few times that all the kids see him in the movie, like, fully see him. Mm -hmm. That was the first time. Yeah. That was the first time he really did show himself to them like, in real life so like and, like I that, their, that. Their, so their reactions to seeing him are very real because they didn't have any interactions with him so i think that that's can work, what, yeah. can work sometimes and that is a form that's of what like, I love about acting though i mean that's like you know you don't want to necessarily close with people you're trying to frighten right now you want you want it right. to be as real as you can be 
you know, in that case, I think it works. I'm going back to Jared Leto because when he did Morbius, <laughs> sure. apparently when he did Morbius, oh, he actually walked around for real on like the little cane stuff, like slowly. Like he would do it like when they weren't shooting, he would do it on like to go to the bathroom. So like the cast and crew are like waiting for him to get back. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, it's already like if you're on a movie set, it's already like a long day anyway. And, right. and to have this guy do that, I'd be mean, like, dude, like you can like use your real legs and your real speed to go to the bathroom. And like you don't have to stay like that the entire time, and that I can't even imagine what, what he was like while doing House of Gucci. Because I, that, I mean, I, I know you liked him in it. That was I can't imagine being around that all day either. <laughs> like, either I would not. It would probably, if I were an actor on that movie, would probably take me out of my own performance, like trying, like talking to him like that in yeah. between takes and stuff. I'd be like, holy shit, man! But it was funny though. I, I guess it worked for Lady Gaga because she liked working with him. I mean, like, okay. it, I guess it depends on like. We all know now that Jared Leto and Brian Cox could never make a movie together. Because he would probably like see his name on the list and be like, nah, I'm going to pass. Not even going to take that one? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, it's interesting too, but I mean, I guess you can't really like question someone's process. I mean, I guess if they need to do that in order That's, to give you what they yeah. what we need as a viewer, like to really convey like real emotions and real, you know, make us believe that you're the character and like we have to forget that you're, you know, we have to forget that you're Jared Leto. We have to forget that you're Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, like, there, I mean, so I get it. I can That's see why. That's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. I but I can see, see why as an actor, like, if I wasn't like that, yes. I'd be like, especially, you know, it's interesting, too, because Karen Culkin, he did an interview basically saying that, like, you know, he doesn't think he'll, like, keep in touch with a lot of the cast because a lot of them, like, live all over the place. Like, as Sarah oh, okay. lives in, like, Australia, one of the other actors lives in England. Like, everyone's, like, kind of everywhere. But right. It was interesting though, because like we were on a successful show like that, and you were acting these intense kind of scenes and stuff together. Seemed like they were very close, but like the way they were talking about it, and I don't think it's like they have animosity towards each other. I think it's just like you when you read interviews like that, you really get down to like, oh, this is kind of a business and it's a job, and then like once that yeah. job is over, sometimes like that's where the relationships end. Very you much know, so. And and the case of Brian Cox, you'll probably be happy to never. You know, what? I don't want to say that because he actually did. Like I said, he complimented Jeremy Strong as an being a good actor he was like you don't yes. need to do that and you know but i love his how candid he is about hating it because like i, I think it's like, funny too like i said like ryan cox is at that age now where he's like yell at young kids to get off his lawn that's why it kind of reminds me <laughs> now <laughs> totally he doesn't have any shits left to give but like you know but when you're like a veteran like him you've been working been acting forever i think you just like he could say whatever he wants. Uh, yes, actually, I'm glad you just brought that back because this this brought me back to a point that I didn't mention earlier. <clears throat> I think it's an interesting, like he, Brian Cox, I don't know how many years older than he is than Jeremy Strong, but obviously multiple decades. He has the benefit of having acted for probably just as long, if not longer than Jeremy Strong has been alive. So Jeremy Strong yeah. is definitely probably still figuring himself out as an actor, still developing. Right. Brian Cox has seen it all, done it all. He's been doing this for a long time. So he has that benefit of uh, of probably seeing more in Jeremy Strong than he might even see in himself and is telling him, hey, this is annoying to me. You don't need to do this. But if that helps Jeremy where he is as an actor in his profession, then all the power to him if he feels like that's what he needs to do. I yeah. sympathize with him for that. But I, I get Brian Cox's perspective too. It's just an interesting dynamic. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of interesting too because my, my buddy Ryan was on General Hospital for four years. And like- oh, Cool. And like one of the stories I kind of learned from him and I've actually like have watched 
the actor's name is Maurice Bernard. He's been on Jurassic Hospital forever. And he plays a monster. He plays like Sonny Corinthos. My mom would be so proud of me right now because she loves Jurassic Hospital. Those four years that those four years that Ryan was on the show, that's like she was always like, Well, can he tell me anything? <laughs> I'm like, no, he can't. But it's interesting because Maurice Bernard in real life is bipolar. And they actually wrote that in that his character would be bipolar. And it actually kind of softened the character up a bit because he was, you know, he came on the show like he's He's in a mob organization. Like he's not, he's not a good guy, but right. they wanted to keep him around because he was a good actor and they have, to, if you want to keep like a villain around that long, you have to give them layers and make you, that make you care about them a bit. And that was like the thing that he threw in there. Now they actually, I guess, had him play that story and he went method for it. And okay. it, it got to the point where his wife actually told the writers and producers, like, he can't play this anymore like this. Like it's. He's he's okay. getting too he's getting too deep into it. It's actually affecting his like mental health for real because that's the kind of process he used to have. He would just get really he had to go there for real in order to play these kind of things. Yeah. When you have you know when it's something serious like that, you know you end up bringing that home. Like that's definitely a game changer. Like I mean, apparently though, he's changed his way of acting since he like he has this really cool like YouTube show called State of Mind where he actually interviews other celebrities about mental health and like all that kind of interesting stuff. That's cool. So like he turned around, he doesn't, he's like, he's like, at this age, I'm on, like, I'm on a soap opera. I've been on the show forever. Like, I don't need to like go to those places anymore. They like kind of play this part. Cause like, you know, at that point you, he's been on the show like 30 plus years. Like, you know, that part, like the back of your hand, probably. Exactly. But, but I thought it was interesting to hear that story that he like, you know, he thought he had to, especially when he was younger, that he had to like, in order to play it like authentically, he thought he had to really go to these dark places and knowing that he already kind of deals with that himself um you know that can be hard i mean the whole method thing where you're playing like if you're playing like, yeah if you're playing someone with like a mental illness or something like that like and you go method uh, i it have a, has a total i, I always <laughs> wonder like whether or not you're a method actor when i watch certain movies or tv shows and there's like a highly emotional scene i'm always like when they call cut i don't know how you shake it off like how some people are just like all right we're good like you know like Love, I used to love watching like, and that was just like not the best example. Like when you watch like behind the scenes stuff for like horror movies. I think I actually did watch one. It was with Halloween Kills, and it's like the scene towards the end where Michael Myers is like shoving the kid's head through like the the staircase, and like, and then she's down, and she's at the bottom like screaming for him to stop. Right? Yes. So, well, so like it's like this serious like blood curdling scream, and she's like crying, and like her you know ex boyfriend boyfriend's like dying, getting getting demolished. Call, yeah. And they call cut, and they just like cracking up like as soon as it was over i was like how do you go from like that heightened sense of like that's that's crazy to me <laughs> impressive honestly i because i don't know what i would be like as an actor i have zero experience but i can only imagine that i would have to take myself to a place where i'm at least taking it semi-seriously where i can't just drop it at the drop of a hat so like i kind of think it's impressive that for people to be able to just to flip a switch like that but, yeah i mean people do get educated in the art of how to act so like it makes sense to me that people some more than others would have you know a different ability yeah. to switch on and off but uh, it's still like from an outside perspective you're right it's, it's funny to watch. you're like whoa dude like, you're watch. watching your friend get fake <laughs> demolished on the staircase and you're like ah, yeah. after it's over <laughs> yeah you I must that desensitized and stuff like that like working on a set for that long and seeing all these like on a horror movie set i imagine like it must not have an effect on you after a while i would imagine well Late great Wes Craven, like he did an interview mm. that horror movies are probably some of the most fun movies to make because even though they are like 
this heightened sense of fear and all this other stuff. A lot of people are mostly just laughing when it's like done. Cause like, you know, Lev Campbell talked about it too. Like when they were doing like the first one and they're like all in that kitchen, like her, Matthew Lillard, Skeet Oliver's are like covered in like fake blood and like all this stuff, all this shit. And then like, yeah. they're like, they called cut. And you're like, you do have to kind of laugh. Like, it's just like acting like big kids. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just like pretty like amazing and ridiculous, but like, yeah. I can see it. Be- I mean, I guess you would have to make a movie like or any horror film you have to make that funny because like i mean it's already kind of like all right you know people are getting murdered there's a lot of there's a lot of right. like a lot of dismemberment a lot of stuff going on that you kind of have to some brevity in there and i guess that's like the same way for people when they go see them because like that you do experience that in the theater when you go watch a horror movie like you're you yourself are like uh or you're laughing or you're like are you are you get like laugh at yourself because you got scared <laughs> like it's like i guess it's kind of like cathartic <laughs> in a sense totally but yeah but yeah to like you know, I like, I don't know, like, I don't think Viola Davis's method either. I like, she always does like, you know, she's, you know, we used to joke around like, cause she's a really great actress, but she is like the queen of the ugly cry. And like, she can like, she can cry like on a yes. drop hat. And I was like, I wonder how she turns it off. Like, that's so crazy to me that yeah. like, you'd be that highly emotional. And then like, cut and like, whoo. <laughs> that would be so taxing on you as a, to your head to be able, especially people like her that consistently put out these like, you know, very broad emotional performances. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you, I can't make myself cry in command. So I can only imagine to do it on a level that she does it like that. To do it for multiple times a day during some scenes would be completely exhausting. So, you know, yeah. all the power to these method actors and people that can, you know, bring out in themselves something that uh, the average person can't because it's and, impressive. Uh, it's truly talent. I agree. And, you know, to put a button on it, I actually, I like what you said, especially the comparison to Daniel, like with Daniel Day Lewis. So that's a really mm-hmm. good example because, like, the proof is in how good his performances are. Right. Uh, you know, I can understand it, and I can also understand why it'd be annoying. And yes. on, on that note, I kind of want people to still do it around Brian Cox because I'm here for the content. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm here for yeah. more Brian Cox being like, "Oh, fuck off," and just act <laughs> like that's basically is like kind of like his demeanor about the whole thing. Totally. Yeah, but it's I think it's hilarious like on that end. But you know, 100%. I see her, you know, it's a lot of hours together too. And like if someone is like truly like off in the corner, like they don't really want to associate with the rest of the people. I mean, that has to be a little daunting on like the cast is supposed to be close. Yeah, especially on a show like Succession, because it's interesting because like I think those family dynamics on the show kind of play out in real life with them as actors. Like, you know, it's almost feels like there's like I mean, probably mostly love, but I feel like there's like this love-hate kind of thing that kind of goes on. <laughs> like any dysfunctional family. family totally. Right. So, yeah. like, you know, yeah, but, you know, at least we get good work out of it. I'm really hoping, like, from what I heard from everyone that all the actors, even though they haven't seen all the episodes, of course, they, you know, did them and filmed them. They said that they feel like it ends on a satisfying note. You know, it's always with, it, with shows like this. It's all about how they stick the landing. There's been shows for me that have famously not stuck the landing dexter uh, <laughs> yeah although i think it definitely got some points back with the new season yeah yeah, yeah that's no, just no, one of my favorite yeah. shows ever but you're right upon my second viewing of that show definitely turned sour like post season four definitely yeah but i still love dexter as a character one of my all-time favorites man that'd be a yeah. good uh, conversation someday that'd be a good start yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you know what's funny is that owen does not like dexter Really? So, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he's one of the only few people I know that. How much has he seen? I think he's seen a good amount of it. I mean, yeah. for him, like, he, he doesn't really like, well, I know he hated 
the sister character. I Deb, yeah. <laughs> yeah Deb, no one likes no one likes Deb. <laughs> I love Deb. I, I she's she's a handful, don't get me wrong. I I get it, but she's you know, great. Kudos to Jennifer who I mean she plays her well. I mean I'm just she's just very grating, you know? Very much she's yeah. Grating on the nerves. But yeah, I think that's interesting because so many people love that show. I mean, all the people that love it all agree that like the ending was not great. No. But yeah, you know, and that, that's what happens too when shows go on too long. I mean, I guess that's why it's good that like, yep. I mean, I I can't talk too much crap about it because I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. My mom still uh-huh. that shows. I mean, I think it just got renewed for like season twenty. Um, oh, it's good oh. for everyone that's involved in that show. Good for all the fans. It doesn't work. It's still like a popular. I know it, it kills it on Netflix still. Like the, all the old still. episodes, it's a very lucrative show for ABC. So I get why it's like they keep it going. But like I watched it up until like season four, and I tapped okay. out. <laughs> and I tapped out. It wasn't like it was like especially bad or anything. It was just like other stuff, you know, started coming out. And yeah. I'm still like, so is it good? And like she's not even on the show anymore. Like, I mean, she could she's gonna come back every now and then. Mary the Gray, I guess. Right, but yeah, like. They yeah. introduce like they introduce like new interns, and I guess that's cool to like give them show like new life to see if it can go beyond like not having its main star on it every episode. Right. Yeah, I just I just feel like, you know, I feel like you gotta know when it's <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that's uh, that show. It's funny. It had like a renaissance when I was in like late high school years. Like every girl I knew was watching it at that time, and their boyfriends were watching it with them. Although the show was still being made, it's hard to say it was a renaissance. But definitely, like my generation was kind of coming around to it for a few years. It was very popular. But I can't imagine that there's any original cast members still on that show. It's there's like, like there's two two left that were on the show like beginning season and, one cause, because because Meredith just I mean I guess Ellen Pompeo will pop in and out but they really right. set her up to leave because she's actually doing Hulu like limited series too and like okay. and she and I think when she re-upped her contract she knew that she was gonna try to be on the show less I, I think they needed to I feel like the internal discussions were like all right we want we there has to be a way to keep it going without mm. her so we need to test those waters and see like you know, if people still stick around and watch it, like if she's not on it every episode. And I guess, I guess to our viewers, she still does the narration every episode, even though she's not oh, there every okay. episode. I still have friends that still watch it, love it. Impressive. I will give it. Cre- I will give it credit for this. I haven't watched a finale of that show in a while, but they used to do like epic season finales. Like they're like I, I wouldn't pick, watch. I could, yeah. I wouldn't watch for like, you know, I, I stopped like season four, I think, and I would not watch it consistently. But then like one of the finales would be would be on. I'm like, dude. I don't even know what's really going on right now, but like this single episode yeah. <laughs> is amazing. Like they've they had so, all out. so many crises. I don't know how so many things could happen. How many doctors have died <laughs> in that show? <laughs> and, 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 and no one, I mean, Shonda Rhimes will kill you off on the show in a heartbeat. So there's like a lot of people who have famously left Grey's Anatomy and not always like, you know, allowed to like leave. Like they have to like make them leave in a very dramatic fashion. Catherine Heigl, you know, she, you know, back in the day, she had her feelings about Grey's Anatomy and yeah, Catherine Heigl used to be known for talking a lot about like certain projects, even though those projects made her like a star. Like mm-hmm. I remember when Knocked Up came out and she was hilarious in it and Seth Rogen and her were hilarious together, but it was so disappointing to me to hear her say like, oh, that movie doesn't really like find women funny. And she just talked shit about it. I was like, you were just in like the number one movie in America. And now you're going to talk smack weird about it. Yeah. And by the way, can... the girls, the girls in Knocked Up are hilarious. Leslie Mann is hilarious and Knocked Up. So it's like, it's a really new point. It doesn't make sense. And, yeah, <laughs> weird. I haven't seen Knocked Up, so I have no like. Oh, it's I, gotta, I think you would like it, man. It's so funny. I, 
you know, for I can imagine it being one of those comedies I would enjoy. Maybe I'll bookmark that sometime. But yeah. I, I can say that, like, just like from an outsider's perspective, hearing you talk about her, I can appreciate her candidness speaking about it. Like, I find it would be like, I find it's kind of like, not that I watch a whole lot of this, but you can tell sometimes when an actor is not really believing what they're saying about their movie and they're just, you know, saying what they have to say to promote oh, it. Oh, like, this was so good. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, exactly. It's kind of transparent. But so I can like appreciate that she's just, you know, speaking her mind. But, yeah, I can also think that's kind of weird. I'd have to like kind of see it to have an opinion. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, she, she was Brie Larson before Brie Larson. Ooh, okay. <laughs> like you know, where, where you know where people. I mean, I actually like Brie Larson, but you know, there's that's like right. you there's like you know, stars though, or like there's certain yeah. people that I mean, she likes to speak her mind, and like, I respect yep. that. Sure. And but yeah, I think Brie Larson might have at least she's still getting work, and Catherine yeah. Heigl's still working. But there was a point where like I think she just had a reputation for like being difficult. And it okay. did affect her. It did affect her career for a bit. Like she kind of wasn't in, and she was one of those people too that like started on TV and then she does a movie and then she's like, oh, I just want to do movies. And like you know, like <laughs> yeah, that you know, you know, when I think back in the day when she was on Grey's Anatomy, I think this has totally changed now where people are like, TV is not the like lower end landscape that it used to be. Right. But like back when she was on Grey's Anatomy, I think a lot of people like do a movie on their hiatus and they are like, all right, the movie was successful and they're like. All right, now I want to do movies full time. I don't want to be on the show anymore. Right. And there during that period, a lot of actors were like that. I don't think that's the same anymore, especially since so many shows are like limited series now. They don't take up a lot of the actors' time. You even have people who wore movie stars that are actually like actively yeah. like doing cable series. And you have like Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kibben, like doing big little lies. And like, you know, it's like it's not the way like they used to joke that like at the Golden Globes, like they would sit all the TV people like far in the back and then all the movie uh, stars at the front because they're like yeah, interesting they're like be happy you were invited to the party <laughs> like and like the tables are turned now though yeah. yeah but now it's now it's like and i think that kind of started with i think Kiefer sutherland doing 24 was like one of the big ones where it's like all right this guy who used to do movies is doing this like really cool tv show and then like a lot of other okay. actors started kind of like hopping on that and then you find like there's certain actors that started in tv and then went to movies and then they come back and do tv again so it's yeah it's really interesting. Uh, I'm glad that has changed though, because the, the quality of like series now are it's so high, like it's so so good. Uh, and Absolutely, and I'm I, happy. I think I'm I think, here for it. Yeah, and I think rivaling like movies in some sense, like sometimes like some, in, a lot of, in a lot of ways. So, uh, but yeah, I love that. I love the progression of the conversation because it was like it was we needed to like kind of get through like watch this session <laughs> and that turned into the conversation about method acting. And, method acting that was a great segue. Yeah, we hit we hit the buttons for that one, but yeah, yes. I wish I had time to watch. Not how I thought it was going to come out, but I'm glad. Yeah, and I got to do this to you again because I keep doing this to you. I also watched the movie that we're going to deep dive. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. That's on me too. I always forget <laughs> to ask as well, so but, but um, uh, we'll, was, we'll keep that one under wraps. Yeah, but it was a fun. Well, not fun. It's a heavy movie. It was a good rewatch though. I really enjoyed Ooh, the movie. I'm excited um, to find out. So yeah, you will find out on Friday with everyone else, Definitely. I guess. All right, so what else we got? What else we got? Let me throw something at me. <laughs> Dude, we got lots of, we got a few trailers. We got to break down through here. Speaking of shows, I guess it'd be a good segue to get into the Secret Invasion trailer came out. Just saw that minutes before we started recording. And I got to say, tough as I am on Marvel, I'm going to say I'm not going to hold my breath for it. I don't know that I'll get around to seeing it, but I was impressed with the trailer, especially the tone the trailer took. I was like, I would sign on board for that that looked yeah. like it's a good direction for um, that marvel property so what were your thoughts on that trailer i really i that was to me we talked about it a little bit offline but that was the first thing that kind of 
grabbed me that I noticed right away that it felt very different in tone from like a lot of stuff that yeah. Marvel does. I mean, like Long it really, felt, it, it really, I mean, I hate to, I mean, there's a big thing. I guess I actually heard some actors when they talk about like Marvel, how it feels like it's geared more towards kids rather than like adults and stuff like that. Right. This felt, this felt like it's not, it's geared towards adults. <laughs> it really feels like a very like, adult kind of like thriller like espionage thing like it really like it really has yep. like it seems like it has like a lot of layers and then i think also having like a pretty stacked talented cast in this that's what i was i mean you got you, i mean of course you got you, first you got samuel L. jackson but then you have of like course. and then of course you have ben middleson who's already been involved with the mcu but then you have like yep. olivia coleman now that's uh, amelia, huge. a huge one amelia clark also another huge one the mother of got, dragons herself you know, dude throwing, He's throwing, i know Throwing in Don Cheadle for good for good measure and Kobe's yep. holders because like you know I love that that I love that they use like these kind of like smaller characters that have kind of introduced like in the Avengers and they've carried them on to, like pop up in these other like, I like even if it's too. not even the biggest thing but like I think that's kind of cool like they still connect them in that way yeah but yeah I was I was impressed by the tone I was impressed by like I mean it gives something like that a little credibility when you have like Oscar winner Olivia Colman I mean I kind of like takes it up a notch a bit absolutely and i'm excited i think i think it's gonna be good do we know the think, limited series i i think right now it's being told i hope so limited, like, limited series seems like it'd be the best property that it that it would service that story the best i think yeah yeah uh, property but yeah but yeah i was uh, i was i was all for it i thought it was, i thought it looked good and you know i i've talked I, i've talked with owen about this a lot too with marvel how like we've kind of wished that shows were a little bit more self-contained where you don't feel like you have to like do i have to watch this in order to find out find out what happens in like the next movie <laughs> like will i be completely lost right. if yeah. i don't watch that, it and that's a little frustrating but like you Definitely. know it but i'm just i was impressed by the tone of it like i thought i think it looks like it's gonna be really good it looks like there's gonna be a lot of action which is great yep it's also you know what i'm struck by too samuel L. jackson you know he's played this part for a long time now but yeah. He even he even seemed like he was like not that I'm saying that he sleepwalks through his roles, but he seemed more like invested. Like it seemed like a different tone to his character as well, which was like that intrigued totally. me a bit a bit too. So definitely more like world weary, gritty, gruff kind of right. look to him and his his line delivery. Yeah, he's been playing this role for like 15 years probably yeah. more now. And the screen too. Yeah, it started with uh, I think was it the was there in credits? You know, I think it might have been there. Where it started with him, and I, it's, it's interesting I think too. Because, the end credits, yeah, yeah. I think what's interesting too, because I, I keep bringing up uh, icons on Earth, but they are doing Marvel right now, and okay. it's funny because he eventually signed a very big, like, multi-picture deal. But I guess when they were doing like, because they were filming Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk, and and then they were doing Thor. Once they got to Thor, uh, they were like, okay, well, we can kind of use him in like a little extra scene to like steadily build up to the avengers and they right. told one, they told one of the writers like not so fast he hasn't fully signed his deal yet so like there was no like he wasn't like totally even set by the time they were doing thor okay. and also wow. also interesting too that like jeremy renner had been cast as hawkeye while they were filming thor he was kind of he has his first introduction in the mcu is like that one like cameo scene where like chris Hemsworth thor is trying to like lift the hammer and he can't and then Hawkeye has like his bow and arrow out. Like, do you want me to take the shot? That was it. And he filmed that like months after they were done like shooting because he got cast. Okay. He got he got cast for the Avengers, and they're like, all right, so we have to like throw you into Thor real quick, so people aren't right. completely lost when they see you. 
but yeah, I think that was interesting that eventually, you know, Samuel L. Jackson did sign a very lucrative deal to be with him. And I think it's cool now, you know, I, I even felt this way with like Scarlett Johansson, like when they finally let, like gave her Black Widow, like if you've been there that mm. long, like right. to kind of have your own moment to like shine is like good. And I think it's cool that, even though he's been in a lot of these and hasn't had like incredibly small parts in like all of them, but like this is like right. his moment to kind of like really push that character forward a bit. Yeah. I, think that's, I think that's cool that he finally gets his chance to do so. so I'm hoping that the showrunners don't miss or sleep on this opportunity to throw in some homages to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's what I'd like to see in that in that movie. That would actually Just be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I want. Yeah. That'd be I will, cool. I will, I, will, awesome. I, will, I will accept those Easter eggs for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm hoping they capitalize on that because it's the nature of the plot. Like that fits too well, too similar. Right. <clears throat> I agree. I guess keeping it on the comic book train, they, they released the trailer for a Blue Beetle. Other today. side of the spectrum here. Other side. DC, yeah. Just jumping over to DC. You know what I will say? I'll let you start off with this one. I actually think it looks good. I think because I don't know anything about that character at all. It's I, other, than like, other, than, other than what I read while like, when I remember when I had to post the trailer today and I was like, everything I read, like from like the email that was sent to me was like, I was learning it for the first time. I was like, I don't know anything about that character right. at all. But looks fun. I think it's cool to like, goes without saying to have like a Latino lead in this kind of, in this position to kind of lead a big, yeah. could be a big property if they market it right. And then so far from the trailer, it looks like they, it seems more yeah. fun than like the other DC stuff. And I know for Definitely. some DC fans, what they like about DC is that it's not as like fun as Marvel necessarily. It's more like, it could be a bit more. And like, I like that serious. about DC, yeah. but some brevity it goes a long way. And I Blue Beetle will be the opportunity. You know what? I got I got uh, not necessarily like it was completely evocative of this character, but I got that Blue Beetle will bring kind of like what Tom Holland Spider Man will to DC. Not that like Marvel is obviously a lot more lighthearted than the DC EU, right. but yeah. I feel like he will bring a similar dynamic to a darker sort of universe. So I think that uh, will be a welcome change, kind of like more so than the Flash. Like. He does yeah. bring a little bit of a comedic element, but I don't think that it's like really been capitalized on. But I think Blue Beetle is a great opportunity. Not that it's going to go very far, but could be a nice little yeah. toss up. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm going to call it now. I call oh? this. I call this making more money than Shazam: Fury of the Gods. At least there's oh, that. Okay. And, I, I don't think, and I don't think. And I don't think they probably thought that. However, I do. I do think it shows good faith that this was going to be an HBO Max release originally. And then they changed it to a theatrical one, maybe because they saw great stuff while they were shooting it. I mean, that yep. gives me, it makes me feel like a little bit better. Like, oh, wait, if they think this is good enough to like, I mean, of course it's in August. I mean, that's like towards the end of the summer, but still, yeah, you know, it's still a good uh, time. Still a good slot for it. And you yeah, know, if, I think if, so. if it can actually appeal, it seems like it is being made to appeal to like a younger demographic a bit. Uh, mm -hmm. But that probably is nice to see though. Cause I don't think DC has really, like we said, done that lately. And and with this character, you probably can't do like serious. So I guess this is like the perfect, <laughs> yeah. I think it's like the perfect way for them to kind of like show a different side of themselves too. And totally. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's also refreshing to kind of I think what I enjoyed about the trailer and what I think will be good about the movie, like I said, like having no real connection to it. Like it'll be fun to like, discover that. Yeah, you because know, we all we all know Batman, we all know the Flash, we all know Superman. It'll yes. be interesting to see how they handle introducing a character that unless you're a comic book fan or a DC fan that you know absolutely nothing about. Right. It, prior to this, if you had told me like that Blue Beetle was a 
comic book character i would have thrown it in like the realm of like independent comics like spawn like i wouldn't have right, thought right. it was attached to any major comic book property or or title so i was right. like damn i it's kind of cool that they're kind of giving the limelight to a comic book character like that but i was pleasantly surprised with that trailer like again like i never would have really given it my two cents if we weren't talking about it i don't know that i would have went out of my way to see the trailer watched it and i was like damn like that looks like something i would probably go out of my way to see like it looked there was granted i mean i i'm not gonna hold my breath too much like there's definitely i felt like there was little glimpses in the trailer that it's gonna go down a road like like many other comic book movies do it seems like it's gonna have a big cgi heavy battle at the end a big defeated villain probably but the stuff that leads you there i thought like yes honestly like without running into like the danger of being too lighthearted and comedic there was like great balance of humor not over the top i like the idea of like just a a nobody sort of character getting coming across his power that he doesn't know what to do with and the universe kind of like selecting him to be this person to to bear this brunt yeah exactly like there's just a lot in it that i actually was pleasantly surprised by so yeah, I was much better than I would have given it credit for till I saw some footage. So yep, I fully agree. That trailer. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, it comes out on August 18th. I right. should probably update people on Secret Invasion as well. I'm going to pull that right. up right now about when that comes out in case you guys are wanting to see it. It drops on Disney Plus on June 21st. Nice. So all this stuff is coming like very, very soon. I know we got more trailers. Which one do you want to hit next? <laughs> yeah, definitely wanted to get into Extraction. To yeah. which I and you're, are you a fan of the first one? Very much so, and I went into it like hesitant, like it was. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that. Like it was the first Russo's production, or like one of the first ones after they departed from the MCU. They, they didn't direct, but they were executive producers. Thought they handled some of the some of the best, well helmed movies of the MCU. Yeah. Hard as I am on that universe, like they definitely their movies are my favorite in those. So yeah. I had a lot of faith going into Extraction, and it exceeded my expectations. Thought Chris Hemsworth was awesome in that role. What I was nervous about for Extraction too is like spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Extraction. It's like three years old now, but he, I think Extraction would have been a great one-off, especially considering how it ends. He's like virtually dead. Like I don't know how you come back from that. So yeah. when the second one was announced shortly after, I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Are they just gonna you know sacrifice the artistic integrity for money? Probably, but. That being said, what I saw in that two-minute-long teaser trailer, I don't know why, who they're kidding by saying that, I was blown away. I thought the action sequence looked awesome, man. Yeah. Very much on board for that. What do you think? I think you know what's funny? Because we've talked about, like, the Netflix stuff before, like, you know, with their movies, because they usually crank out, like, quantity over quality. And there's, all, and there's always a question of, like, the longevity of, like, the Netflix movie. Like, for a lot of them, when I watch them, like, they're good in the moment. And yep. then I forget about them by the end of the week. Totally. I think Extraction had the benefit of that movie launched like when we were like in the heart of the pandemic, basically. So yep. I think that kind of helped my uh, overall like feelings about it. I was like, it was like, all right, I need something fun. I need a little bit of distraction. And it was like the perfect movie for that. It plays to like Chris Hemsworth's strengths as well. Big time. Uh, and it, it's, you know, it's just a really well done action movie has some really yep. fun set pieces as well i like you was leery when they announced a sequel because yeah like no spoiler alert, we all know how it ended or how yeah. i was like how are they gonna do that uh but i'm also all in i mean I, I had so much fun with the first one that i'm totally down with whatever they cook up for this one but yeah it is interesting though like that first movie 
every time I run across it, it does really remind me of like, oh, we have nothing to do. What can we do? Okay, we, we can only watch like, what is Netflix put out this week? Yeah. And, so it really it puts you back in that kind of headspace. Like I remember when this movie, I remember writing about that movie a lot because I, I was. Oh yeah. I mean, it was you know there was so much streaming stuff going on because mm. the theaters were closed, and you know, Extraction did really well when it premiered on Netflix, and it was like one of those things that I'll, I think more so than most of their Netflix movies, I think that one kind of had a bit of longevity where people brought it up again or talked about it again. It wasn't one of those that was like you know I watch it Monday and by Friday I'm like. <laughs> you know you're right I, I think most of my friends actually did discuss it i brought it up a bit after Put watching people it. on that movie too i ended up watching it twice pretty close together so i was like yep. that must be pretty pretty good uh, good enough i think <laughs> i ended up seeing it three times and i know for sure i saw it twice like a couple months later i was like man i just want to see that again like the action was just so well choreographed i was like it's yep. just so awesome to look at but i do think i got a watch of it in last year again just because i was feeling like something juicy and man it just hits it was so much better than i would have given it credit for and the extended like prison sequence in this teaser was just phenomenal to watch yeah yeah Yeah. definitely got me back in so yeah i'm all i'm excited i'm like i'm all for that netflix yeah i know i I messaged you i was like yeah time to get a netflix account again (laughs) i will be getting one to watch that even if it's just for a month I forgot to tell you that that clip or snippet I use of you talking about that played really well on Twitter. There are a few people that thought that was like so funny because they, they were like going through the same thing right now. Where about, I, yeah, yeah, about like that not having their Netflix account because of you know them cracking right. down on sharing passwords and you not being like at the primary location and stuff. Oh, yeah, that was uh, annoying. But I think it took effect. I think extraction too will make you uh yeah bite the bullet and get your own. <laughs> exactly. Like that's probably how I'm gonna approach Netflix and like Disney Plus. If well, probably not Disney Plus, but Netflix for sure. It, I have a few other like I have Crave. Me and my roommate have Crave. I had Disney Plus briefly. What else do I got with Crave? I got HBO Max. So I have like most and Amazon. That's Amazon Prime. But uh, Netflix will be like one of those ones I go back to when they release an original that I really want to see. And then the, yeah. probably for the month I have it, I'll probably rewatch some of their other good originals. Like I'm already craving a rewatch of the pale blue eye. So I might get that in around the time that extraction two drops, which is like mid June. I think, do you have a date? For June, sure? like, June 16th. It's the same day that the flash. The flash opens. Shit. So, for my birthday, I might treat myself to that. So pick your poison guys. You, 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 yeah. can, you can do both. You can watch it. Then go see the flash. But I, yeah, it's a really, all this stuff is coming up sooner than I realized that before you know it, we'll be like podcasting, like the summer, big summer releases. And that's going to be a really, yeah. that's a fun time on the podcast. It's a really like, there's so much stuff. I feel like you got to like crazy. a taste of it. You got a taste of it in March. Cause March was a really like yeah. packed month for movies, but it's cool too, because like, it feels like movies are actually back. So they're scheduling like all these big movies. Like, you know, once April, May hits, it's like, you feel like you're just getting like back to back to back to back big blockbuster movie so totally. it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun i'm excited yep. yeah no and uh april honestly we got a lot of uh <clears throat> great releases this month too that i'm really looking forward to like evil dead rise oh. i was afraid and i know there's gonna be a couple others that i'm forgetting too but uh very the much super like- mario brothers movie nah. <laughs> you're like no i don't know what what are people it saying looked, about that movie it, i mean so far the early words pretty it looks like should be like pretty pleasing to fans of like the games and stuff i mean it looks like yeah. you know visually it looks great you know when, when it comes to kids movies man like i either gotta go like really late <laughs> where the right. are not, so there's not a lot of children because <laughs> like seeing kids movies is tough 
sometimes. Very much so. They, they, I think the last thing I saw, like on a crowded like opening day, was when we saw Sonic the Hedgehog two, oh. and we saw, and I saw, I saw it with my brother. I think it was like a twelve p.m. showing, okay. and I was seated. There was a kid next to me that was asking his mom all types of questions about what was going on on the screen and i was like no. trying to try to understand like yo this kid's like five <laughs> but, exactly. like, get it. but he, he was just like like a lot of that <laughs> <laughs> jesus like, why, why did he do that what's going on i was like oh no in front of me were all loud and like i felt like an old grudging that would Remember? take me out of it too no it's but i mean you gotta let them have their fun too it's definitely uh I felt like brian cox like, everyone shut the fuck yeah. up <laughs> no i can relate for sure <laughs> Moving on, I think the last one we wanted to cover too was Wes Anderson's movie Asteroid City finally had a trailer drop. Yep. Did you get a chance to see that one? I did get the chance to see it. It's a very stacked Caucasian cast, except for Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, admittedly, I did not even consider that until that you are totally right. Holy shit. You know what, though? To, um, his, I w- to his credit, a lot of those are his like regulars. A lot of them are people he yeah. works with a lot. That yeah. was one that. He brought in a lot of newcomers though that are all yeah I mean Caucasian though yeah like long chow's in it too though but yeah my buddy sent me the trailer because he saw I posted it he shared it with me on he sent me a message on G reels and he was like I so I can't take credit for that joke but he was like I've never seen a more Caucasian movie in our life and then he's like he's like I'm scrolling and I was like oh there's Jeffrey Wright we got we got some color right there (laughs) but you know the Wes Anderson's credit too he makes some fantastic movies and i'm not gonna totally they're very and you know what i love about him and I, that's what i loved about this trailer to you every wes anderson movie is very uniquely him like you know that you're gonna you know that you're seeing a wes anderson movie when you see one even when you get a trailer you for a need, wes anderson movie yeah <laughs> you only need a single frame to know that you're no, watching exactly wes anderson. He's one of the few directors that you can actually do you just need one frame, and he's one of the yeah. few that. Uh, if you see a Tilda, you see a Tilda Swinton or a, or a Edward Norton or a yep. Jason Schwartz or a Jason Schwartzman, you know that you're watching. They're working with Wes. Yeah, I do like interesting some new like Margot Robbie is probably I think a first time for. Yeah, yep. she probably with our luck, she's probably only in the movie for like two seconds. Exactly. <laughs> Many of <laughs> these people will be in small roles, no doubt. But uh, man, yeah. he has accumulated a very impressive cast. Just for the sake of it, for those listening, I wanted to go through at least the top cast in IMDb. Start off with. Jason Schwartzman, who's definitely a longtime Wes Anderson collaborator. Tom Hanks in this one, I think, is the first time with him. Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, who we were just talking about. We've got Edward Norton, another Wes Anderson collaborator. Adrian Brody, been in a few of his. Hope Davis, I don't recognize. Do you know her from some other stuff? She's Uh, familiar, but I can't You know what's crazy is that she's in the movie that we're deep diving into. Oh, cool. She has a relatively small role in it, but... I didn't know that I'd be hearing about Hope Davis this much today. No. <laughs> that's very interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Rupert Friend is a name I recognize only from this movie Startup. Maybe something else, but I know he's he's a he's in a, he's in a simple favor as well. Okay, I, I so random that I know that, but yeah, because I yeah. love that movie. I love that movie and all its uh, Blake Lively and the Kendrick Glory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he has like a small part in that. I'm sure he's been in other stuff that no, anyone else no doesn't get like name. Uh, yeah. That's why I, I know him from that. I'm a little ignorant to his work, but I really liked him in Startup. That was great. Ethan Hawke and is it Uma Thurman's daughter? M- oh, Hawk, yeah. Awesome. She's great from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Steve Carell joining the cast is awesome. My favorite psycho ever, Matt Dillon, is in this movie. Yep. Who I just 
and we'll talk about him. Okay, we'll talk about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that guy so much. On Chow, Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Jeff Goldblum. Like this cast is absolutely off the wall. It'll probably join Oppenheimer with like the biggest stacked cast movie of 2023. Yeah. I think everyone that works with Wes Anderson too, I imagine like love I it. I think they love it. I think they're cool with taking probably a little bit of a pay cut because I don't these these movies don't have like huge budgets probably. Nope. And I think it's just the joy of working with him. And I think that's when you have a filmmaker like that, where like you can tell like the people like are enjoy they just enjoy his process, his work, you know how how he is as a director, and yep. you can actually get like these repeat people that you know they're like, hey, I'm down to do whatever. Even if it's probably it might just be like a day of work for some of them, but they're like down to like do whatever he's doing and like i would work this, with him for free so <laughs> put it that yeah, way. I, yeah i, I would pay yeah I, I know we were joking about like you know margot robbie probably only being in it for like a minute but like i think even if like you do have a moment like that you want to still work with him like all right, i can oh five, yeah five minutes you know it's funny using her as a good example i remember when she was in once upon a time in hollywood and the marketing did use her a lot but she is certainly not in the movie she takes a backseat to Leo. And back seat. Definitely. And, yeah. you know, and I know when that movie came out, it was one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino moments. There was like a female reporter that kind of attacked her with the question of like, you know, like you're the only female presence really in this, like it has a significant role, but you don't really get to say or do much. Do you think that's kind of demeaning basically as like a woman? And then Quentin Tarantino was just like, that's erroneous. And like kind of went off about like, <laughs> like how like she didn't know what she was talking about. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with that because even though she's not in the movie a ton, it she's on the peripheral of it and she's important to the movie though. Like you Definitely. have to like kind of you have to like really, I mean, if you don't already know the true story about Sharon Tate and stuff, you have to like want to like once you do learn it, you have to care about like oh wow what's gonna happen to this girl if they if they follow history. And of course they of course they didn't, <laughs> but right. uh, but. Margot Robbie did a good job of making you care about her without doing much. And I think that says a lot about totally. her talent and like, you know, one of my favorite scenes of that movie is when she goes to the theater to watch herself her, in her yeah. movie. And it's not even saying anything. She says like so much with her face, like yeah. with her, like her, her react, like it's almost like this like childlike innocence a bit. That, exactly. Like, when she's looking around the theater, like, like, yeah, like, like, wondering, like, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie too. And, Definitely, and like you, you, you can do a lot with very little. I think when you're a really good actor. Yes, there are also that supporting cast definitely has a lot of females in it. The more I think about it, you got I can't remember the the yeah, actress Dakota, that's in, Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning is a great uh, Amber, role. Amber, yeah, the girl that was in Screen. Amber, yes, uh, yeah, yes, she was in. And and here's why the whole like Quentin Tarantino like like demeaning female thing doesn't quite work for me because if you go right. back and look at most of his movies there he, are a lot of strong female leads i mean dude, jackie death brown proof Jack, man death proof oh all the girls are kicking it. i mean he specifically wanted to do death proof because zoe oh, bell zoe bell was like you know that woman she doubled yep. for oma thurman kill bell she's like a very famous stunt woman he wanted to give her a showcase to like show oh, what she can really do and like give her a part. ever and he did and you know so yeah you look at jackie brown you look at kill bill you look at death proof like he has given you know pam greer hadn't worked in a lot of stuff by the time Great she did jackie point. brown and yep. he you know had this really really fun part for her and like that rejuvenated her career like you're in yeah. a, i mean and i know for some people that's like a lesser quentin tarantino movie i love it but it's like so awesome. but, but even lesser quentin tarantino is like better than most people's most so exactly like, exactly <laughs> but yeah i thought that was interesting but yeah 
Yeah, you know, Chris you know Harris what? You're right. Do. That reporter did not know what the hell she no, was talking I, about. I just, he is I, I just love like, being sad about it. I just love being split me out. Like, oh, Jesus. I would be like, I can imagine being actually offended. Like, have you not I seen my work? I wouldn't want to like yelled at by Quinter. Uh, no. <laughs> And the thing is, like, he can do it, too. He can give it because he's earned it because, you know, he's the man. Yep. And everyone, if you want to see Asteroid City, it's a pretty stacked month in June. It comes out June 23rd. Oh, my uh, God. I can't wait. So we potentially are going to the movies a lot in the month of June. It's gonna be I just can't March, wait, man. Just like March. Uh, yeah. But some good ones, though. I mean, like, and like different fun stuff coming out. Like, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the trailer at all. They, they also dropped the trailer today for... Uh, Fatal Attraction. They're doing like a limited series based on the movie. Someone has a dual role on that, right? Is it Rachel Weiss? Uh, no, no, that's a, it's a different show. Different show. I forgot. I know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, David Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry. Fatal Attraction, of course, is based on like very popular movie from the late '80s with Glenn Close and Michael Douglas. I don't know how men weren't absolutely terrified to cheat on their wives after watching it because I know really what you're talking about now. <laughs> it, yeah, it really, it really takes that whole like you, you can meet a crazy <laughs> and not know you met a crazy, but it's such a, like my mom always talks about it because she loves that movie, but she's like, God, it's so of its time. It's so '80s, and she's like, it's so wonderfully like wonderfully '80s though, and like. Yeah. I'm intrigued what they could do with it as a limited series. I mean, Joshua Jackson's in it. Lizzie Kaplan is playing the Glenn Close part. Okay. Amanda Peet's playing the wife. You know, it looks interesting. I think it could work as a limited show, but that's also one of the things, too. Like, you're, it's only happening because the IP is pretty... Fatal Attraction is what's a huge... I mean, yeah, shouldn't have been as big of a hit as it was. I mean, I mean, I think it was made to be a crowd pleaser, but then it ended up getting like nominated for like Oscars. It got nominated for Best Picture. Glenn Close Shit. nominated for Best Actress. And... I forget the actress who plays his wife, but she was on for Best Supporting Actress. It became, like, this much bigger, like, okay. deal when it came out in the 80s. It, you know, it's not like it needed an update, but, you know. No, but and maybe they'll do something different with it. Yeah. Out, but, yeah, Cam has brought that over many times. Like, he'll usually bring over a lot of options, and we'll cycle through and pick something, and that's one that he's definitely brought over a few times. And I've never locked in on it, but uh, definitely one that I have to see. I love Michael Douglas, too. I haven't seen a lot of Glenn Close's work. By, by the way, he did... Fatal Attraction, the same year that Wall Street came out, he had a really oh, good year. And wow. he, well, of course, and of course, he won an Oscar playing Orn Gecko, very popular character in yes. movies. But it was a very, very good year for Michael Douglas of yeah. both hits, too. 89, then? Or, or nine? I, I thought Wall Street was 90. I think it's like 88. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to look it up just in case. Yeah, uh, I guess we do have the internet at our disposal. Like, <laughs> like this stuff up. Oh, I always thought Wall Street was No, 90. 87. Actually, 87. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was a really good year for him. And and by the way, when you watch, if you ever do watch it, just know that it starts off as a well-balanced psychological thriller about someone who is completely unhinged when she has this, like, affair with this dude. And then the last 15, 20 minutes look like the director watched, like, Friday the 13th and just went <laughs> balls to the wall. Okay. And it just turns, like, like, almost becomes, like, a slasher. And the ending got changed a lot, I guess, because... Adrian Lane, funny, Adrian Lane directed Fatal Attraction. I think some woman heard him because he also directed, he directed Fatal Attraction. He directed Indecent Proposal, which is about another affair. He directed Unfaithful. Oh so, like, so, yeah. So, like, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody. The last 15, 20 minutes. I mean, I still like the movie, but I was like, it seems like they were like two different people directed this. <laughs> like, okay. So, so mm-hmm. it went in at the end, it was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta, there's got to be some slashing. We need some knives. Yeah. And Close has to go absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. But I think yeah. you, I still think you were pretty decent. The acting is phenomenal. Like, Link Close is scary good. 
Like, I mean, like I said, I don't know how anyone could cheat on her, cheat on someone after watching no. that movie. I mean, like, right. like that is like the exact like that could happen. Like, ugh, totally not not worth it. <laughs> Maybe I will try and schedule that one soon because yeah, like you can't go wrong. Who who did they did it again? So Adrian Lane directed it. Right, uh, the movie. And actually, you know, the cast for the the limited series is pretty. I mean. I I love that Joshua Jackson still gets work like Pacey mm. Dawson's Creek all day, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's been working consistently. Like Fringe is like one of my favorite shows, and he was on that as well. I like seeing people like that get work, and you know, and I just hope that you know it doesn't feel like something that needed a redo. No. But they are trying to say that they're trying to make it a little bit more contemporary as far as like how um, the character that Glenn Close portrayed is uh, depicted in this. I mean, I guess kind of like I guess how she's treated in 1987 could be a bit dated and, you know, kind of updating from a woman's perspective in 2023. Uh, I can see the appeal, I guess, in that and not just playing her, right. writing her completely one note. <clears throat> like Glenn Close has said that she had to like, there wasn't a lot on the page when she did Fatal Attraction. It was just like, she had okay. to come up with like a lot of the stuff about why her, her why her character oh. was doing this kind of stuff. And she, and I think that's why the performance is so good. Cause she probably was like, all right, I got to figure out like, why is she crazy? <laughs> Why was she like right. invested in a relationship like this? What makes her tick? And like she did that on her own. I think that is I that's awesome. Now is that more method acting? I don't know. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, very well could be. Right, if not, at least somebody that uh, puts a lot of effort into their character when they don't have a lot to work with, which she can yeah. respect, right? I'm callbacks in this episode. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and speaking of another one to the uh, the show that I confused with the Rachel Vice dual performance was uh, Dead Ringers, which is a reimagining of David Cronenberg film. Yeah, which I have not seen, and I've seen lots of Crony. I love him to death. Canadian yeah. filmmaker, got to shout him yeah. out. Boom, boom, love that guy. And his son too's done a lot of great work. But I know I that one is on my schedule too. Dead Ringers, right. love me some Crony. Oh, so much to watch. Yes, we did. There's too many. I'm pretty sure there's a podcast out there called Too Many Movies, and I'm like, that is the. Yeah best name for a podcast yeah like, that is really good that's so pretty good. true because it's it's very true and i, I you know we, we we mean that in the best way though it's just exactly like, it is there's a just a problem. ton of con it's a ton of content out there and yeah. usually released close to each other so like yeah your wallet your wallet can't even breathe nope. <laughs> until something else comes out no yeah that's hilarious yeah uh, but, oh you know what too um only because we brought it up the last episode there are some minor developments in the Jonathan Major stuff. Um, yeah, let's hit on that. What so, you like, heard? hate to go all teams of you again, guys. So, he his lawyer released these text messages that basically he, the lawyer, she says, like, kind of proves that, like, he was, like, having a victim of assault. Like, he didn't start any of this, whatever, right? And I'm not going to read the text verbatim. Just, like, the gist of it is they read, like, someone who is sending someone something because they don't want to get them in trouble. Like, 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 there's one part in the text where she says, like, I told the police or whatever, I told them that basically what happened is because I took your phone. That sounds like an excuse of, like, I did something to piss you off. And oh, okay. it, it doesn't really read as, like, when I read it, I was like, that doesn't make you look great. So I hope that video footage that you say proves that right. you didn't attack her is a lot better than these texts, which kind of read, like, it's like the basic like if you were talking to a woman who was like in a relationship where there is like abuse yeah it sounds like someone that is giving excuses for why these things happen and I it doesn't and that is i was like that's a not it's not a i mean most people on social media were like 
that didn't that didn't help you. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, wonder. I mean, his lawyer obviously would have assumed that it wouldn't be received that way, but uh, in hindsight, I guess not the correct, like the best strategy, perhaps yeah. releasing that. Apparently, that video is going to be quite damning. Also, I think another development is the victim, who I think is his girlfriend, right? If I'm yeah, not mistaken, yeah. apparently yeah. she's recounted her her statement yeah, to the yeah, police. Yeah, she did. Recanted, sorry, but not recanted. Yeah, and those and those text messages talk about that too. I, okay, I'm, I'm telling I'm telling them everything. Like almost like this is all my fault. You know, I'm telling them everything like, you know, right. but I mean, I, there's I'm, context I, to that, that definitely lot, doesn't paint the whole picture. Video will be king. I think like that would yeah. be be all end all in terms of his innocence. By the way, Creed 3 we, came out on, came out on video on demand on Friday too. Oh. Uh, the timing is, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's crazy. That just, I came, it's not on video on demand already. And I, I, I like just saw it. Yeah. Theater. That's crazy. But yeah, really I mean, quick it, turnaround. But yeah, so I wanted to give a quick update because I, you know, we talked about it last week. How like you know we don't want to get too gossip website on you guys, but you know I think that's <laughs> one story, as, it de- as it develops. We have to no, dude. When you, if you would have been on here when the whole Will Smith Chris Rock thing, like we oh. had to talk about that. It was like almost every Man, week, and I, I think imagine. at a certain point, Owen was like, "There's no more. There's no more to say." <laughs> like it was like it's gonna be like. That- <laughs> that was a that horse was beaten to death yeah that and was like, all anyone talked about for months it got to the point where i was like all right do we even want to i know like we should cover it because it keeps developing but i don't think we should cover it anymore no i agree like holy shit yeah. i've had that conversation so many times i've flip-flopped so many times on it like yeah yeah anyway yeah. definitely a moment to remember yeah but hopefully you know for his case that video better yeah. be really good yeah because like those texts like you have time to read them later like you'll be like send oh, them my no, way if you have them because i that, heard they were released but i didn't read them like that's not really yeah it almost sounds like you talked to her and you're trying to convince her to like mm. say what needs to be said to like yeah which is why yeah i think she could have proverbial gun to her head you know at that yeah. point we don't know what he's saying to to get her to and this is going down a rabbit hole maybe who knows but yeah all in all best case scenario hopefully it didn't go down that way she's okay and and he's not a you know, and a, a woman assaulter. So, but oh, time will tell. Definitely interesting to keep. Uh, yeah, definitely interesting case to keep an eye on and see how develops go. Because no matter what, it's definitely still probably throwing a wrench in Marvel's plans. I'm sure they're waiting with bated breath. Uh, they got a lot um, <laughs> Yeah, actually, segue is another thing to cover, man. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. you'll probably have a lot more insight onto their recent shakeups than I would have. There's a couple names, like a couple Disney Marvel execs. That have gone out the door here recently that I don't really know a whole lot about their involvement or like oh, the, the implications that this, their firings will have. But why don't you lead us into a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes with, uh, well, with those people? Well, the most recent one, I think his name is Ike Perlmutter. I think I got that right. Yeah, uh, that's right. City spokesperson confirmed to Deadline that he is out of the company. He oversaw the consumer products division of Marvel and isn't part of the Kevin Feige-led Marvel Studios. However, it's funny, though, because I'm actually, like I said, watching that Icons on Earth. And he gets talked about a lot on, cool. these, on these episodes. Never heard so before. I had never okay. heard this guy's name until I started watching this. And then now, like, okay. this is going on. He was, like, famously, I guess, what they talked about, how, like, he's more of, like, a behind-the-scenes dude. No one really, they, they actually joked about how there's not a lot of pictures of him. They always use, like, the same okay. picture. They use the same picture every time he gets brought up on the show because they're oh. like, ah, but he, you know, Marvel was always about, like, while they're cranking out these movies, they also, he was the main, one of those people that was like, all right, but there's, like, things to be sold. 
like you know there's there's toys and there's so, this and there's that like merchandise okay that's, Merchand- merchandising. so like yeah, that's, yeah. that's always been a big part of the marvel machine uh, and <laughs> yeah. but yeah his departure comes amid disney cutting seven thousand jobs and a massive overhaul of its employee corpse that's part of a 5.5 billion cost-cutting maneuver to position the mouse house even more for the streaming obsessed entertainment era uh, so his part of marvel entertainment will be folded into other parts of the disney corporate umbrella and then while he was there, he also dealt with like comic book publishing and that, and typically it would earn 40 to $60 million annually. And he also, as far as game licensing and arena shows, he did a lot of stuff, but like, I think we got to talk about this like a while ago that Disney is cutting a lot of yep. jobs. I mean, I still can't go over how they introduced that when they were like, oh, <laughs> we're, we're laying off all these employees, but look, we're making sequels to these movies. <laughs> yeah. For um, millions. So yeah, but you know, this, it's been like a really interesting time, like behind the scenes for Mo, Most I want to get the, I want to get the lady's exact name, right? Cause uh, there's another yes, person I know what you're talking about. I want to get it right though. Cause I don't want to mess it up, but there's a lot of speculation about, uh, why she left and you know, okay. I thought uh, it was pretty so, straightforward, but maybe not so much. There's like rumors. So I don't want to like probably, I guess, go too deep into that, I guess like, email. But Victoria Alonso is, yes, is the, is the person's name, and she after left is left Marvel after nearly a two decade run, um, and she is Marvel executive and EP of several movies, and they keep saying at the beginning of this like no reasons were given for her departure, which was effective Friday when it happened, and it's not yet clear where she's heading. Her exit is quite a shocker given her amiable demeanor and passion for all things Marvel. Like she is one of the alongside Kevin Feige had been like. Integral, uh, a very integral part in like their success. There is a rumor okay. that she took issue with them removing something from Ant-Man, the Wasp, Quantumania to get it to, to avoid some kind of censorship in another country so they could show it there. And there was a lot of internal, again, rumor, but like fighting about that. And, I, but yeah, I mean, like it's a lot of, uh, a lot of like was changes. It, was it Victoria Alonso's firing that they, that came down to her promoting, uh, uh the, the, the documentary Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, there was that. so it was a breach of a contract. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thought that. was, is a straightforward. You broke the contract. You shouldn't have been promoting another film outside of Disney Marvel. So you're gone. That's kind of like what I thought, but that's an interesting, uh, perspective on the whole. That, but yeah, uh, man, she, she's a, and she's a, and she actually pushed, also for a lot of diversity entertainment at Marvel. She is one of the, like they said, one of the main spearheaders of that, you know, it's, I, of course, you know, with a lot of these people, when they're behind the scenes figures like this, I don't really know. And initially like how important they are to the overall machine until you start to read like how much she was involved in like, and some of their biggest releases. So it is, it was a big deal that after that much time, you know, Mm, yeah, two decades, that's crazy. Two decades, you know, she, just a very you know all the other stories i've seen written about her is that she was just a very i guess good person to work with and okay. you know like everyone had very nice things to say about her it's just like you know sometimes with these companies though there's all these like eternal internal shakeups and yep. stuff happens Still politics so, yeah yeah so you know we'll update you too more on that hopefully you know it's like we were talking about it offline it's interesting to see marvel like usually i think they've been really good at like hiding certain like any any kind of behind the scene hiccup, you know? I don't hear a lot about what's going yeah. on behind the curtain with them. You know, DC is that like 
that person that's like, well, all of our laundry's out there. Like, yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. To, you know, I think for some people, some people enjoy seeing some kind of cracks in the Marvel machine. Like, there's a few. You know, I I don't personally, but like, it's you know, you could tell like some of the vibe on social media. They're like, oh, yep. like they're not, they're not in to- they're not totally invincible. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, but you know, hopefully, no more. I mean, I hope that like whatever is going on behind the scenes now, it's whatever people they have in place now, like everything is kind of copacetic because, you know, that does, it can affect some of the projects moving forward when there's like different changes with and positions of like that level. Right. Uh, uh, all I, you know, all I would hope is that all the stuff that she did spearhead for her diversity at that company, I just hope they maintain it and like they kind of use her example moving forward or continue to use, even though she's not there anymore. Right. But, so, yeah. Still sucks though. I mean, to hear someone like after that long, that much of a yeah, run. no doubt devastating for her, given how long she's been, you know, part of the executive committee and obviously loves the company. So that uh, is disappointing. But maybe she, you know, maybe there's a greener pastures on the other side for her. Hopefully, yeah. a woman of her experience. All is not lost. And uh, sounds like, is it Ike or Ivan Perlmutter? Uh-huh. He's probably just due for retirement by the looks of him. Yeah, he, <laughs> he looks like he's like he's pretty old. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, paying forty to sixty million dollars a year for who knows how long, like time, maybe just to you know uh, hit the sandy beaches and you know enjoy retirement. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I agree. Well, I hate to you know what other notes can we kind of nothing like it was this was this was an interesting read because it felt like it was kind of quiet a little bit. It totally quiet. There was still some yeah. stuff, but nothing like too headline grabbing. Which I'm kind of fine with sometimes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's nice. Less, it's less. It's less to keep up with uh, when we have to like record uh, these episodes. Like I sometimes right. I pray for like a a slow news week. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, this is a chance to talk about some other stuff. Like hit some more trailers if it's a particularly trailer heavy week. The only other thing that I have jotted down, maybe to throw your way, just to quickly chat about because I don't have much to even contribute about it. But this is the little secret bit of news. Not so much secret, but just a little secret bit in context for the for the viewers. Um, we've been trying to hit each other with some news. Like a lot of the times we give a little bit of discussion on, on to what points we're going to talk about without going into length. But lately we've been trying to see if there's a little bit of news that the other maybe hasn't heard about or like try to get a genuine reaction out of the other. So we never talked about this. I'm sure you've heard it though, but I see Josh Friedman who wrote Avatar 2 is now being slated to write Marvel's Fantastic Four. So I wanted to see if you'd heard that or what your thoughts about that were. You... Didn't see Avatar two yet though, did you? No, and it's actually yeah, available I'm to watch it. It's available to watch at home now. Oh, okay, maybe <laughs> that'll be the re- yeah. I haven't. So seen I have like so. no excuse anymore. But yeah, it's available to watch at home. Oh, sure uh, you did. There's lots of stuff out there to watch, yeah. but like Breaking Bad. Yeah, <laughs> like Breaking Bad. Yeah, man. No, you know it's funny you threw that at me. I had I hadn't hadn't heard that until right now. Oh. So that is okay. pretty interesting. Well, I'm glad that like. I'm glad that it like Fantastic Four is moving forward and yeah some way. I mean that's the one. Uh, by the way, I always think about this when I think about Fantastic Four because God, we got that crappy one with like Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Josh Trank's version. Yeah. I always go back to like God. You guys didn't know how lucky we were in 2005. You guys thought that one with Jessica Alba and Chris Evans was like kind of shitty. It looks, <laughs> it looks, it looks, it looks oh. pretty. It looks pretty damn good. Yeah. I actually think that that Fantastic Four, like people have revisited that and they're like, that's not as bad as like I remember. Like, right. It's like, it's fun. I just, you know, I always joke with like people about that. I was like, you know, the perfect Fantastic Four movie has already been made and it was called The Incredibles. And I think that's why, it, I think that is why it's been so hard to like, that is so funny. Right. 
it is right. But yeah, I mean, I do like to hear movie four. I was so excited when John Watts was going to direct Fantastic Four, but then is I understand he not doing it anymore. Not anymore, and like his reasons for not wanting to do it, he was burnt out after doing all those Three Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. Yeah, and I, and he, he felt like he couldn't give it like the creative like you know attention yeah. that he yeah and I, and I felt that i mean those are, Fair all, enough. are huge, huge movies a lot of people to please so <laughs> i get it probably a head to manage yeah but i am like the fantastic four whatever they do with it in the mcu i'm still uh i'm so intrigued by the idea of like who they're gonna pick to be in it uh, there's always so. there's always rumors about different people and like but this is one of the ones that either if they already know who they're going with and they're just keeping it quiet or they still don't like Really no, I'm sure they have a list of people that they want oh, to yeah. be in it. Definitely. Uh, but like, already... I'm, yeah. You know, I remember for a while everyone would fan cast like Emily Blunt and like John Krasinski as like and I love that she finally was like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> like I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> and the British accent. <laughs> She's like, I'm just like and she means it in a very like it's crazy though, because you know, she almost was in the MCU. She Oh, was yeah, originally class, she, was, she was originally cast as Black Widow. No, uh, wait, Emily Blunt but, was? Ooh. Yeah, but then she had scheduling conflicts with a movie called Gulliver's Travels, I believe. And she couldn't the, do it. <laughs> one with Jack Black? With Jack Black. Oh. So I would, you know, I'd be mad at myself too if I, <laughs> if I turned down, like, if I couldn't, yeah. like, film. I would feel some kind of way about watching these movies too. I'm like, oh, that could have been me. <laughs> Maybe we wouldn't have gotten her in the Quiet Place movies. True. Which I'm happy we got her in those. And uh, honestly, you know, Scarlett Johansson. Tomorrow as a beast in that role so like that worked you know, out fine if you ask me yeah, yeah she's i think it works out pretty pretty good yeah. i always you know they're talking about it on icons on earth i feel like they should like pay us for like talking about their show so much uh, but, yeah, yeah <laughs> there you go but, you know she feels a certain way about how she portrayed in iron man 2 where she felt like the character was more just like eye candy than like uh yeah fair the character but yep. I mean, that's fair of her to think that, but I actually think she has some like really cool fucking badass, that whole fight that she has, like walking down that walkway, like Iron Man 2 yeah. is like probably one of the best scenes in the movie. And then when she like, is just looking straight at the camera and just maces the guy without even looking at him, <laughs> like, he, like so good. She's I still think she, looks like, she still looks like a badass, even though I do think, cause she has to hide who she is, I guess, that they do kind of play up her being like, kind of like, oh, I'm just so pretty. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, but, she's you know, that yeah, really well too. Right. But of course, you know, by the time we get to the Avengers, she's a well-rounded, fully fleshed out character. Right. So she eventually, you know, got to play the part the way she wanted to. But yeah, Josh Friedman, good for him. Probably a lucrative deal. Going to working with James Cameron on Avatar 2 to now being helmed to write. I don't know, but I think it was just writing credit for uh, Fantastic Four. Like now being... Slated to write an MCU movie like that. It's no doubt going to be huge for his career. I don't know that he has any other writing credits. If he does, I'm ignorant to them. But uh, definitely looking good for, for this particular scribe. So I, I, think so, I think so, too. And also, if you work for James Cameron, that means you have, like, patience. So <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, there you go. If you can work for James Cameron, you could probably deal with the MCU. So, I mean. Imagine how long that script would have been. It's three hours of movie, three hours plus. I know. That's a and novel. Probably, and I'm just wondering how you write that because there's so much probably that is like visually in James Cameron's like mind. So like, how are you writing that? Yeah. To like, I mean, I actually would love to kind of like peek at what that screenplay actually looks like and like how it describes certain Definitely. things. So like, it'd be funny if it was just like completely like not very descriptive at all. Right. But yeah, I'd be really interesting to see or uh, hear that or read that. But yeah, good for. I love when like screenwriters get like big opportunities like this. Hundred percent. That's awesome. You know, you go from Avatar two to like writing Fantastic Four. Like, 
hopefully it holds up. Yeah, I hope you know, so too. It's, uh, yeah, be interested to see what he gives us. So yeah, that's the only other bit of news that I had. I wanted to know if there's anything else you wanted to cover. I can throw one at you because I yeah, I let's see it. But it. I think, but I, but I think you've probably heard it. Maybe we'll see. Uh, Mike Flanagan reportedly had like a big meeting with James James Gunn and Peter Safran about he pitched them something with Clayface, which is like a popular character in DC Batman universe. Yes, a lot of people thinks this is he pitched them on including that character in the Batman Part Two. Some places reported it that way. Other places haven't reported it that way. Right. Uh, I don't know exactly how, like, what he talked to them about. They be okay. very secret about it. But it's a perfect character, I think. I hope they can scoop him up because Mike Flanagan is a very good director. He's on a lot of uh, horror films that, like, and horror TV series that yes. a lot of people have loved. He is, I, I think, like, I don't think he hasn't made anything bad yet. And he seems to have a good eye for this stuff. He's also he, going to be working on the Dark Tower series that they're doing for Amazon. Oh, right, yeah. Um, so I think he'd be perfect to adapt this character, but it's unclear if he's pitching them on like a standalone thing or if he was right. pitching him as like being included in Matt Reeves's The Batman right. Part 2. I'll chime um, in here with what I heard about that. I just want to preface by saying that, yeah, Mike Flanagan is undoubtedly one of the leading men in horror right now. Like, she will... I first came on Mike Flanagan in 2013 with Oculus. That was the first I'd ever come across him. So I've been yeah. following him for a decade now. Love his work. Love everything he's done. Like you said, hasn't made anything even subpar yet. Just finished up uh, Hill House a few months ago, his series. I was a little late to that game, but I want to do uh, – what's his sequel series to that? Not sequel series, but his other horror oh, series. The Haunted of uh, Bly Manor. The Manor yeah. Bly Manor, yeah. yeah. Yes, I got to watch that next, but Hill House was great. Love his work. So here's what I heard about. I'm a little, I wasn't really sure what to believe. So <clears throat> is it been confirmed now that the Clayface is going to be a character in Matt Reeves, the Batman two? Is that how it's shaping up? It seems like it's going in that direction. I mean, right, I so that... know, like, yeah, it seems like, yeah, like, cause a lot of people, I mean, I thought it was interesting. How a lot of people ran it as like, this is what, cause deadline didn't run it that way. They, they ran it as like, he just pitched them on an idea. For Clayface, but other places were, I think, you know, because of course all these different trades probably have different sources and stuff. Right. But it seems like everyone is leaning on that is what he pitched them on, including him in the Batman part two. I see. So what I saw was Clayface is going to be a big part of Matt Reeves, the Batman two. And I had originally seen that Mike Flanagan was the one that like kind of set that up and, and pitched that. Yeah. Then, because we were having this conversation on Sunday, yesterday as of recording with cam we were going over like we share movie news amongst each other as well and he said that he heard that mike flanagan directly responded to this claim that he pitched that to matt reese and was like i don't know where this is coming from that's not true at all so maybe Whoa. that to maybe he had that conversation with james gunn and peter safran because i hadn't heard anything about that well, so i don't know okay. really know what to believe regarding that news i was kind of like it's partly I have heard some of it, but not this other part about James Gunn and where yeah, they yeah. fit in that. So interesting little tidbit of info. I wasn't sure whether to believe, like to what regard Mike Flanagan was involved in that, but uh, yeah, neat to hear his name come up in that universe. Yeah, I, I think he would be a, he'd be a, he would be a very big kid <laughs> if yeah. they could like have him involved in like yeah. some capacity. And that character is, I think he could do like that character justice too. Like I just think that. I hope I hope those conversations went well. I mean, whether it's for the sequel or for something else. Right. So hope I had <laughs> literally never heard of Clayface until this news dropped. I don't know anything about that character, but I like the sound of him. I like the look of him. That'd be pretty cool. But is he uh, so what is he like a supernatural sort of like villain for Batman? So I want to make sure I get it right. Um, 
because all right so here we go because i was introduced to this character on the old batman the animated series and not from cool. the 90s and they have used him right. a lot on use him a few times on that they actually do that treat the character very well on that show because that that's one of the best animated series like ever but I'll read this for those who don't know about Clayface, he was introduced as part of Detective Comics number 40 in June, 1940. The original Clayface was Damn. a moderately, moderately successful actor who adopted the identity of a character he portrayed in a horror film after turning to crime. He has appeared in numerous films, television series, animated works, video games, and other forms of media since his introduction. Uh, that's why the whole like horror element and that character doing that, like he, he was like one of those, I like, see, I think that'd be a really fun thing for, uh, Mike Flanagan to like dive into if he's the, yeah, if he's their I guy that. if he's their guy. Hopefully, uh, I would love that. You know, and like you know, with DC, we always hear about like they had talks. Like, I just hope these talks pan out, like really pan out. Big he, time. It would he'd be a big one to have, I think, on there. Yeah, I oh, yeah. can't wait to see where DC's going, especially Matt Reeves' Batman verse, because yeah, just they all the ingredients are lining up great for that. The first one was awesome. I. Really hoping they throw us some like different, lesser known, maybe theatric villains. Like Clayface would be great for someone like me who's like not a comic diehard to see somebody else we haven't seen before. Yeah, at least in like mainstream movies. Yeah. So yeah, I think that would be an awesome little addition for a villain. And by the way, guys, those were two stories that we did not talk about beforehand. We were trying to do something a little off the cuff, yeah. so you'll probably hear yeah. more of that. It'd be I really funny. If I just stump you with one, you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> you just quickly start Googling. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to, that's what I'm hoping to do. I would love to like be able to get each other with something, but it's hard when we both are, you know, immersed in it. With, exactly. <laughs> do even more so. I know it's going to be hard to throw something at each other that we have not completely heard of at all. But um, even if we have another chance to talk about it beforehand, to get a little genuine yeah. reaction and chat out of it, I think that's worthwhile. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, well I think well, we, we, we touched on everything. All the I think so. Oh, everything, yeah. Almost actually, everything. almost everything. I guess so. There's oh, box office. We'll do this. We'll do this, we'll do this yes. really quick. And I'll these are actually that. these are actually the actual numbers now. I think the because the estimates actuals came out earlier today. So Dungeon and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves opened to thirty-seven point two million. Uh, so uh, we were we were pretty close. I mean, I was too afraid yeah. to go too high because, like, I, yeah, I I said thirty-five, I believe, and. Yes, and I said thirty-seven. I'm just seeing that now. So, like, there you That's go. Like, you you win. <laughs> but we were both yeah, pretty but close. Hey, I think, thirty-five. I mean, like, those are exactly pretty close enough. Yeah. Right, and you know, worldwide opening of seventy point two million. You know, it's a I think a decent start. It's a like we said earlier. It's like a, it's a hundred forty hundred and fifty million dollar movie. Yeah, um, that's steep. That's pretty steep. But I think this might be thing with like word of mouth. Maybe it'll keep it around a bit and yep. i also think probably is more of a a global player i think they're going to look at that more than just how it does like domestically yeah D D is a pretty global well-known property so right and considering you know the odds i feel were stacked against it a little bit because you know i i wasn't the only one that kind of was like i don't think this is going to be good but you know great reviews great exits too from like opening day audiences as well i mean i think that like the people who saw it enjoyed it i think that might give it some life in the weeks ahead i thought there was gonna be a chance that john wick stayed number one but oh john wick john wick had a pretty big drop i think really you, you start, well you start that high though you start like in the 70s okay like, yeah like, like it's you're gonna i think it's gonna level off though have I mean, any updated numbers on john wick four just it made 28.3 million dollars this weekend so it's still down down 61 
61.6% from last weekend, but also already has, already has made $123 million domestically and $245 million worldwide. Okay, so, so it's safe. Also, horror movie fans, we're going to have like the first Scream since Scream 2 to cross the $100 million mark domestically. Scream 6 made $5.3 million this weekend, down just 35.9%. It's sitting now at $98.2 million in the States. And yeah, wow. so like Scream, the first one made $103 million domestic. I think Scream 2 did 101. And then okay, Scream, and then, and, yeah, and then Scream 3, 88. That's not that good. <laughs> and then Scream 4, way down, like 37. And then, of course, like Scream 5 kind of rejuvenated things and like made it a little bit over like $80 million in the States. And now this one's going to be one of the, the first ones since part hey, two. Hey, love it. That's awesome. Hit that threshold. And uh, you know what? A win like that for horror movie fans is a win for us all. Because like I think like, I'm surprised they haven't announced the next one yet. Um, uh, yeah, actually, it's a great I point. Mean, it already has surpassed the worldwide gross of the previous movie. Now it's made $147.6 million worldwide. Seems and like a no-brainer. And it's not an expensive movie, guys. So, like, this is Paramount again. You have a little extra money laying around. Yeah. And Nev Campbell's people call you. <laughs> Throw her a bone, please. It'd be, nice to, it'd be nice to have her. It just doesn't make sense not I mean, to at this point. I was fine with her not being there. Not right. saying that. I'm not saying it didn't work. It was fine. Yeah. Love but, the core four. Love the core four. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> but come on, you have like extra money laying around. So, like, you can afford some Nev Campbell, definitely. They were, but I wonder if this get, I wonder if this being successful and like more successful than the last one that they're like, yeah, we don't need her. <laughs> you know what? That's a great point. They could easily be thinking that too. Like definitely the series is standing on its own legs. So, Maybe yeah. this is kind of like an egg on the face moment, but regardless, they should definitely do their, you know, do her rights. She is definitely the foundation of that series. Yeah. Let's see some Nev Campbell in screen seven, which is undoubtedly going to, going to happen. happen yeah. yeah. And as far as what's opening this weekend, there's, there's the Super Mario's Brothers movie and right. and Air, mm. which is like a 99 percent Rotten Tomatoes right now. So good, good for you, Ben. Good Whoa. for you, Ben Affleck. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, everyone, everyone thinks you're the stoner, like, irresponsible one, the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck group. But no, right. not you're necessarily. The filmmaker. That's good because he's coming off a couple two two lesser received movies. Did he go Live by Night and then The Way Back? Were those his? Yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, um, like Ben Affleck has his career has done that a lot. Where yeah. He, Ebbs and flows. Yeah. <laughs> but well, good uh, for him, man. Love me some Ben Affleck. So glad to hear I it. don't know where to put this though. I mean, the tracking for Super Mario Brothers has it because it's opening over like there's a holiday. So it's playing like longer, uh like oh. Easter and all that stuff. Right. So there's like like I think the five day estimates right now are tracking is like uh as high as like ninety three million for an opening weekend. Because they think like oh. the aware the awareness on the movie is like very high, and you know it, of course it appeals to kids, but it also appeals to people who grew up playing the games. Like I never know how to predict children's movies though, or movies that are made more so for kids. Right, I've never so, even had to. I have no experience in that field, so I do not know. So which which one do you want to like predict? You want to stick to one, or do you want to try and do predictions for both? Yeah, we'll do both. Sure, cool. So I'll start with Air. Now yeah. it. Great reviews, but it's, you know, adult kind of skewy movie. And those kind of like, or can be hit and miss in theaters, you know, depending on like what will get the older demographic to come out for it. I think the really good reviews help. I think it's also great that even though Amazon 
Prime is behind this movie, that they're actually giving it a theatrical release. I think that is uh, huge and maybe something right. that Netflix Netflix can learn from because like they're doing it and Apple TV Plus is doing it. Like you know, I, we didn't talk about this before, but Killers of the Flower Moon is getting a theatrical release in October. So like, yes. and it and it's being yeah. you know and you know it being made by a streaming service like you know. So I'm glad that like they are putting it out there. Uh, I think this might be a case where like reviews will kind of maybe help word of mouth and it also has a really good ensemble cast i think that kind of appeals to different quadrants you know Uh, but i'm not expecting like a huge opening weekend i'm i think this one that starts kind of small but then like kind of has potential to like build right we're talking air we started air i'm gonna go with even though this i'm gonna go with 15 uh opening weekend Okay. Fifteen million dollars. Fifteen million dollars, not fifteen dollars, guys. Just in case, that's for one. <laughs> one person saw it. Fuck, yeah, one person's gonna go see it in like three D. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. It's lower than I would have thought, but then again, like these movies are definitely gonna be competing, like with a a broad range moviegoers. So are they either gonna steal box office dollars from each other? Those are two big releases. I want to go. You know, I'm gonna just for fun, just go in a little bit different direction. I'm gonna go with like twenty four. Just Right, go up a little I bit. I can actually, Just... I can actually see it. Uh, yeah. So I don't think you're too off. I think I could see it. I, you know, I, I guess I'm just thinking of gap between the two of us. I could see 15 too. Yeah. You never know. But um, then again, it's a long weekend. That's going to be a factor. You know what? Easter. A lot of people. Yeah. Go spending some time with families traveling. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different. I love when there's a lot of variables that go into the box office predictions. It's kind of make it interesting. But uh, right. That's a good deficit. Like nine million between our guesses. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know where far- to go from. Bros. Super Mario Brothers be either. How did the last one do? Did you happen to look that up? I well, didn't I, think to look I, until now. I don't, think, I don't even think there was any. I mean, there's a live action one from the 90s. That's that what I'm thinking. That's the one that, that, def- yeah. that definitely flops when it came out. It bombed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a different beast, though. It's animated and, you know, right. pills, pills more to kids. I don't think the tracking is too far off. You said it was tracking at what, 93? At, at three. And there are some people that think it can go higher. Totally. Um, all right, since they think it will go higher, I'm going to go and say 100 on the nose. 100 on the nose? $100 million. Huh. Damn, I'm really conflicted about where to go with my eyebrows. Like, I can see maybe Air taking a few of its dollars, but then again, like, you can't underestimate the power. Like, as many of these kids are going to be dragging their folks to the theaters over the weekend. Damn. I'm going to go a little bit lower, and go, I'm going to meet at, like, 92. Okay, perfect. So you're, like, a little below tracking just slightly yeah just trying to keep I, mix it up a little bit and i got and i got ambitious <laughs> but i can totally see i have a feeling you're going to be more accurate than i will be but i just wanted to make it a little different yeah and uh and i will remember to forgot to, i forgot to do it for dungeon dragons guys sorry that i didn't get some of your box office predictions for that but i will remember to put the one i will and i will do it for both of these movies to see like where you guys think this is going to open However, I did read some people's posts about Dungeons and Dragons, and everyone was like I said, like all over the map, like on oh, their yeah. own pre- their own people predictions. Like generally are, yeah. There's yeah, a lot of yeah. funny ones. <clears throat> yeah, okay. all right. We will see yeah. where these two movies land. No reviews yet for the Super Mario Brothers movie. I think it's still under embargo, but okay. no, that that will also maybe. I mean, it might be critic proof though. Uh, we, we'll see. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think that wraps it up. Sums yeah, up. That sure. was another uh, dense episode. Lots of stuff going on, even though it didn't really seem like it was going to be throughout the week. There's a lot yeah. of like subtle little sleeper bits of news. <clears throat> to anyone listening that wants to follow along with our box office predictions, make sure to tune in next week where we'll go over last week's numbers. 
Thanks again for tuning in. Those of you listening, appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning into the back to the blockbuster. Stay tuned for another episode two of deep dives with Owen and Gaius coming at you here shortly. Thanks a lot guys for continually supporting the show. We love to love to see how many of you guys are interacting with us. It's always a great time. Owen, Gaius and myself, we love doing this for you guys. As we were saying at the beginning of the episode, you know, it makes Mondays a little bit better for us. So we yeah. really love that we can bring this content to you guys. So as always, thanks for tuning in. You guys know where to find us, wherever you guys get your podcasts, wherever you guys go on social media, at Back to the Blockbuster is the handle. Make sure you show us some love there. We got lots of content for you guys to interact with. And uh, until next week, my friend, actually, I'll see you shortly after this. We'll be talking about wild things. Thanks. Yep. I'll see you in a few minutes. How about that instead of next week? Sounds good. Peace. Right on, guys. Peace out.